Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Great to have you with us, and welcome to WST, Winnipeg Storm Talk. Well, Winnipeg Sports Talk, but there will be a little bit of storm talk as well as Mother Nature loads both barrels and has it locked down on southern Manitoba for the next three days, it looks like. That being said, we do have some uh, good things to talk about. Heck of a game last night for the Winnipeg Jets, playing with both Blake Wheeler and Mark Scheifele. Heck of a performance by Morgan Barron. Dylan Sandberg looked great. Connor Hellebuck was awesome. And um, hey, listen, you know, there's not much to play for right now. But as we uh, have been talking this week, what you want to see from this team is guys committed to each other. Um, pull, all pulling on the rope from one end, if you know what I'm saying. And we saw that last night. Looking forward to uh, chopping that up with Michael Remus. Uh, we are going to have Dan Fink on the program. Moose clinched their playoff spot. We'll get the latest on the club going into these final couple weeks of the season, as well as a behind-the-scenes look at what happened after the game on Saturday when the Moose got a chance to uh, all go and support teammate Jeff Mawat watching his brother make his UFC debut, uh, as well as a look ahead to the weekend for the Moose. And uh, fingers crossed they'll be able to play the games as scheduled, including a matinee game on Good Friday coming up on a Friday. Uh, Mike McIntyre will make his weekly visit to the program. We'll get his thoughts on last night's game. Find out if he's got any information on contingency plans for this game tomorrow that is right now scheduled to go up against the Seattle Kraken. And then MoCon in Montreal. Listen, Mo's a renaissance man of sports, so we're going to be talking uh, a whole bunch of things. Get his thoughts on the Jays, Raptors upcoming playoffs, and maybe even a bit more in last night's Habs-Jets game. Uh, Before we welcome in Michael Remus and everybody watching live on YouTube and, of course, everyone on the podcast, I do want to thank the sponsors that make this program happen each and every day. It's great to have Aikens Lake on board, back on board with us for another summer. Our newest sponsor, Wallace & Wallace, Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist, F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club. Uh, no golf this weekend, folks. Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey. And don't forget those new CC and Gingers available at your local beer store now. And of course, our betting partner at Cool Bet Canada. So uh, Storm Sports, WST's got you all covered. Let's get Michael Remus in here and get this party started. Remo, what's going on? How was your How was your morning? Who's pa- been, Who's panic buying? Let's go <laughs> hit the like button if you've been been panic buying the last twenty four hours. Uh, I hear the grocery stores are packed. I went to Costco on Sunday, so like I was like to my wife, "Do we need anything?" And um, she said, "No." I ran out of garbage bags. I went to Canadian Tire to buy to buy garbage bags yesterday. They're all sold out of the special brand I buy for our kitchen thing. But I had to get the last one. It was the clear garbage bags. And I'm going to have to see all my gross garbage every time <laughs> I open the door. It's disgusting. So nasty, clear garbage bags. But it was the last one. I didn't have a choice. But you, you were doing some panic buying this morning, right? Well, us? I did today. And I see Leslie Michnick in the chat going, not me. I just don't understand why people don't already have a stock of supplies. I may need to get milk. That's it. Leslie, you and I, my friend, are on different ends of the spectrum. I confided to you this morning, and I may as well say this publicly, I have no shame when it comes to this sort of stuff. I realize my lifestyle is a little different, not having a family. I'm pretty sure, Remus, my trip to the grocery store today 
was the first time I had been in one of those stores since I believe week one or week two of NFL season. It's <laughs> like over half a year. I think I went twice in the last three. I went like three or four times in the last two days to various grocery stores. My usual routine involves popping into shoppers. I go to shoppers probably once a week or so. Um, you know, whether it's prescription, some stuff I still need to take on a regular basis. And I've always thought that if you are a pop drinker like myself, I drink a lot of Diet Pepsi. Anyone that watches the show knows that. Um, <laughs> usually they're on sale and usually they have a great, and you, you're able to get in and out. Um, but listen, this is this is serious. There's There was no mini eggs available at either Osborne Village Safeway or Shoppers. I heard about that yesterday. We saw the pictures of... You know, no bread, no milk, all the things that normal people have to buy. And um, so I figured, you know, what the heck? I bet I better get something because I'm going to get to this point. Skip the dishes isn't going to be operating. And, you know, even walking down to 7-Eleven might be very, very difficult to pull off. I got to give Allie Campbell a shout out. Allie's a big Jets fan on Twitter. I saw her tweet yesterday for all the people that were saying like, oh, the stores were crazy. Sleeper, sleeper recommendation, folks. Uh, and this bore fruit this morning. The, the Polo Park Safeway, the one by Madison Square, way less busy than all the other ones. I wasn't even going to go to Safeway. I usually, I mean, if I ever do go to the, you know, needing bread or something like that, I'll usually go to food fair in my neighborhood. Great butcher, meat and all that stuff. I could just tell driving by it today that it was insanely busy. There was people outside the door. There was nowhere to park. So I thought, okay, you know what? I'll rip down to Tuxedo Safeway. That usually is a pretty chill spot. Sometimes I'm going to M&M and pop into Tuxedo. Well, there I couldn't even get a spot in the parking lot. And then I remembered the tip on Twitter from Allie. Go to Madison Square. And I got to tell you, it was an absolute breeze. I was in and out of there in about half an hour. Wasn't a long lineup to check out. They had most of everything that I needed, including Diet Pepsi, but I did get the last case of it. So um, other than that, and it is interesting, Diet Pepsi consistently sells quicker than just about every other soft drink out there. But uh, there's the update, folks. If you need to get out and get something, I would suggest the Polar Park Safeway for, to spend the least amount of time and hopefully have your best success of getting the things that you want. And uh, overall, it was quite successful for my return to uh, grocery shopping like an adult ream. That well, was not out. quite like an adult when you look at what I bought. But. I went to a grocery store this morning. Um, had to get my kid a new toothbrush because he keeps biting on it. But I, the parking lot is completely full. There's like one spot available because some douche in a truck decided he was too cool to park straight. But I was able to pull in and get pretty close to, uh, to his car. So... I mean, what an asshole move, not big parking truck straight. Guy, big yeah. truck guy in busy parking lots is uh, like, I, I have no issue against the big trucks. In fact, I am envious of anyone with mm -hmm. one, especially over the course of these next few days. But yes. pulling power moves like that in packed par uh, parking lots is, um, it's not even a yellow card. It's a red card through from most normal people. I don't usually take pictures of random people's cars and shame them on social media, but I was... I mean, I got into the spot, so it was fine, but I mean, have some courtesy, have some consideration for other people when you're in a packed parking lot. It wasn't like Indeed. it was empty. I'd oh, want, 
I was gonna shame. I was gonna shame this guy, but uh, you know what? I didn't. No, good for you. Good for you. You don't yeah. need to do that. Jeff Kabilis, Oscar Fruz diet PC Cola diet Pepsi, or he's kicking ass. There was another one here. Oh, Rob Mahoney, Huss's mind's gonna be blown when he finds out stores will shop for him, and all he has to do is pick up. Listen, it's not that I keep forgetting or think that it's too much of a pain in the ass. And if the single people out there will agree with me on that, cooking for one sucks. And grocery shopping for one is more often than not a complete waste of time because you go into the store, you've got all this, you know, you're, you're okay, great. I'm here. Oh, this looks great. I'm going to make that. I'm going to make this. This will be good for at this point, whenever coming up on the weekend. And then you might get around to 25% of all your great ideas. And then you're throwing a bunch of stuff out. So I've just found over, you know, like if I need to go and grab something, I will. But I don't know, honestly, over the course of the uh, the winter, I found that the uh, wonderful delivery services in Winnipeg can uh, take care of quite a bit and um, needs to say I've got to hit my cells and do all that stuff. So uh, anyways, get your get your uh, supplies if you're not already taken care of like Leslie. And if even if you're not in as desperate a situation as myself, um, get out there before things get going today. Just before we get to the game, a quick update on what is uh, what is scheduled right now, Remo. Um, all of these um, patterns and predictions are pretty much coming into line, and they've been pretty consistent. Southern Manitoba, widespread snowfall accumulations up 30 to 50 centimeters. It looks like Winnipeg's going to be in the 35-plus range right now, and places to the south and west of us. Uh, could be hit with up to 60 in some spots. Bottom line is, if you are planning on being on the highways, figure it out, uh, make other plans, get to where you need to be tonight, and uh, don't plan to be spending too much time on the highways over the next couple days. And if you do have to drive, make sure you've got an emergency kit, because at a certain point, it could get too dangerous for people to help others out. Um, and as I said, Remo, we'll talk about, um, you know, we'll see if the Seattle Kraken can get to the peg tomorrow and get downtown to this game. Very, very interested, certainly in what we get weather-wise, but also what the situation is around the city and the province tomorrow. First of all, for the opponents to get there, but also for fans to get there to, uh, to the downtown arena. Yeah, Seattle plays tonight in Calgary. So we'll wait and see. I read Jeff Hamilton's. Uh, game report in the free press and he wrote at the bottom that said look they have contingency plans in case will it be like a, a preseason game Hus, where seattle flies in the day of like will they be able to get here tomorrow a lot of it is unknown can only be a competitive advantage for the jets Hus, as they cling on to their very slim playoff hopes rising to 0.5 percent chance on money puck after last night's win, yeah, huge against win, Montreal. more than dub, more than doubled their yeah, playoff odds. It's gone it one, one single victory. This time last week, I believe it was at or after the Detroit game, it was at like point one percent. So now it's at point five percent. Would that be? I think that's like that must be like a, a couple thousand percent increase. It's patronizing to even talk about these numbers right now, although we well, do sort of have some fun with them. I'm reading the Free Press recap, Jeff's article. He's in in Montreal, and the first. The headline is Jets keep flicker of playoff hopes alive with 4-2 win over Canadians. So, you, yeah, hey, you know, you know how you can prove that the writers don't write the headlines? That right there. Yeah, I guarantee you, if Hamilton <laughs> and anyone, by the way, if you missed the show yesterday, check it out. I mean, 
We talked about Mother Nature having both barrels locked and loaded. Yeah. Um, so did Hammer yesterday. A lot of people talking about that. I know we posted it up, so check that out. But yes, if Jeff Hamilton was writing the writing the headline, it would not say Jets <laughs> keep flicker and playoff hopes alive with 14 of our Canadians. I can personally guarantee <laughs> you that based on our conversation yesterday. I did post it as a separate feature on our on our channel as well. But I mean, I was, you know, going in hustle. We can start with the game. We haven't really, you know, we're talking way, about mostly bad, the weather. There was a game. Bad mood, Blake. Game against Saddle gets postponed long enough that it becomes a game in hand on Dallas oh. at the end of the year. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Dude, I like what you're saying. And just one more, one more quick spot. Um, BA says, an expert says we have 24, 25 more centimeters next Wednesday. I'm not joking. BA, that better be fake news. It's bad enough we're dealing with this right now. If we're, if we're dealing with this, and I mean, no joke, just flood-wise, that would, be, uh, that would mm. be ugly. All right, we've got swarms, we've got groceries, we've got all these fun things to talk about. But yes, let's get to game, Remo. And uh, I got to tell you, I mean, I spent a lot of time yesterday with Dave Manuk after the game talking about this on the IC Post Game Show, filling in for Drew and Ezzy. Um, this was, like, I, honestly, and I think I said this yesterday in the program, I mean, the wins or losses, wins or losses right now mean just about nothing. Um, you know, when a team plays hard the way they did last night for the full 60 minutes, you'd like to see them get the result, and they did. Um, but for me, man, I mean, it was about seeing the effort, the pride that that team played with last night, and Got to tell you, Morgan Barron getting that promotion up to play with Stastny and Ehlers, I thought provided some great energy to the top six. Um, what a game he had, multi-point game. Dylan Sandberg on the back end continues to show that he is absolutely ready for the National Hockey League. I thought he was great yesterday. And then we saw a number of, you know, just effort plays like Mason Appleton in the first period. If you caught that back check where he dove all out, extended his stick to break up a glorious scoring opportunity for the Montreal Canadians. Like that was what I was hoping to see tonight, uh, see last night. And we saw it. I thought they played as a cohesive unit. Um, everyone seemed to be there for the same reason. And, um, listen, I know it doesn't matter much in the big picture at all, but we've said, you know, for the last week, okay, well, what does this team, can, can, what can they get out of these final games of the season? And, uh, you know, I think there was a number of players last night that, you know, stepped up and showed that, um, you know, they're there, they're playing for their teammates right now. They will not quit. They're going to play for pride. And you know what? Hopefully that is a, um, that's a sign, you know, of the players that are going to be around here next year realize that, you know, next year is almost starting now for the Winnipeg Jets and, you know, creating good habits um, that should be here already. I mean, let's not go so far as to say the season still hasn't been a real disappointment. We can't believe that we're here. Uh, but that is the sort of performance that you want to see from everybody last night. Um, and once again, I thought both goaltenders were brilliant, which was remote and stark contrast to the game between these two clubs. What last month on that Tuesday night where everything seemed to be going in the net. It was a four. I remember um, I was in the Montreal English uh, broadcast booth and they were just talking about how Montembeau, his angles were off. I mean, they were picking, he was leaving, you know, parts of the net wide open. Not yesterday. He, I think Adam Lowry, if he didn't get that empty netter, he would have had nightmares. He missed a couple chances. Um, you know, Dubois had chances. Everyone was getting in on it, and he was shutting the door. 
Um, you know, going into the game, I got to be honest, I was pretty shocked, you know, whatever it was, half hour before where they came out and Connor Hellebuck was starting. I thought this was a clear Comrie game just because they played the night before. You're playing against the last team in the league. Like, if you're not starting your backup goalie against the worst team in the league, uh, Montreal, yes, they are last in the East. Like, why do you have a backup goalie? But this team, you know, they believe in their... 0.5% chance to make the playoffs, Huss? They're... No, they don't. Well, then why would you start Hellbuck if, they're, if they don't think they can win out and try to make the playoffs okay. here? This is exactly... Like, wh okay. Why, I, why, I, okay, I'll say, let me... I'll, maybe I'll, he just said, first. listen, play me tomorrow. Maybe he has that sort of stroke he that I really his... want to be in. I mean, think about the other times that Comrie started that we were maybe a little bit surprised. The St. Well, Louis game where he was so good. And Dave Lowry said, we've clearly mapped out these starts mm -hmm. for Eric Comrie. He knows when he's starting. And Eric spoke to that. They said the same thing. I get like put it this way: if you're playing Connor Hellebuck tonight or last night in back-to-back -back games against Ottawa and Montreal, where the hell was he against the Leafs? That's what I'm saying. Why didn't he play against the Leafs then? <laughs> if he's playing last night, because they think and, it's gonna be an easy quickly, win, and they they had a scheduled loss against the Leafs. Is that like why wouldn't he have played against the Leafs? That's that's basically what my point was. Yeah, well, it just makes sense. And this is not to single out Eric Comrie because he certainly was not the reason that they lost that game. No. Um, and maybe they were worried that that is exactly what was going to happen. They didn't want to put their number one guy in that situation. But I was stunned to see that Hellebuck played. And again, you know me. I mean, I'm the biggest Hellebuck guy. They're not making the playoffs. I mean, I'll, you know, as someone that goes to the games, I always want to see Hellebuck playing. But... I also understand that Eric Comrie has earned the opportunity to, you know, probably play a few more games with the way that he's played so far this season. I know there is some issue with him playing in a certain number of games and potentially becoming a group six free agent. Uh, but I think it was going to need to be six or seven more games. So I don't believe that that is an issue at all. Anyways, it was just somewhat curious. I mean, the bottom line is it doesn't really matter. We've talked about the numbers. We know what the situation is for the Winnipeg Jets, but if there was ever a time, like I would have bet the house that Eric Comrie started last night. So it was uh, it was very surprising to see Hellebuck as the guy skating out under the uh, leading the team out. Yeah. And Rob Mahoney says little travel time between Ottawa, and Montreal, not a typical road to back to back. But the last road back to back was Buffalo and Toronto, which is exact the same, same thing. thing. So Shorter, I, in fact, which again, I I'm confused about that as well. Why they wouldn't have started Hellebuck against the Leafs. So I was surprised, but whatever. I mean, again, no get knock on Eric Comrie. I think he's done what's been asked of him. And you look at Connor Hellebuck over the last number of years, he's taken the most shots against, he's played in the most games, most minutes. Um, you know, you see other teams, you know, who aren't afraid to play their backup. So I, I was puzzled, but hey, you know what? They got the two points they won, and it is possible. Hellebuck went into Dave Lowry's office, put his big balls on the table and said, uh, you're playing me here. For this one and the big balls that's a uh, paul maurice reference to, to kevin weeks in case anyone anyone church forgot bells. about that yeah, big biggie put his big old church bell so i mean he was great um you know we were and we were curious about what the lines were going to be uh morgan baron going in with ehlers and stasny and man are those guys uh looking good together that nick ehlers pass i mean he's had some beauty passes i thought the one on the tape to stasny against ottawa on the assist and then the back pass to baron for the goal which he put in the top corner, that was that was pretty nasty. And how about Paul Stasny? What a season he's having. The guy's played all over the lineup, played center, played wing. Uh, what, 20 goals for the first time since 
2006. I mean, you look at the guy; he doesn't have doesn't have the wrist shot of you know a Mark Shifley or Kyle Connor, but he gets to the right spot. He knows how to place the puck in the net. And there was yesterday, number number 20 of the season. Shout out to uh, Paul Sazzi. And then one other thing, yeah, Dylan Samrick. I mean, this guy belongs in the lineup. Two assists. He's played nine games, four points. He's always on the positive um, Corsi four percentage, no matter, you know, no matter where he's played. So uh, I'd like to see more Dylan Samberg for sure. And just unfortunate that he's had to deal with the injuries this season. But as you said, I mean, great, you know, 60-minute effort from the Jets. And you thought maybe Montembeau was going to be one of those goalies who got the Jets. Last week it was Thomas Grace, but they were able to battle. And Bechnikov, first goal in a while, number seven of the season. Um, you know, yeah, put speaking one on of the 20s, first mm. goal in 20 for Svetch. And I thought that was a great goal. That pass wasn't exactly where he needed it to be. And, you know, handled it, got it in, and, uh, you know, ended up being the winning goal. And you mentioned Stasny. I mean, what a season that he is having. Um, we talked yesterday about him being, in some ways, the conscience of the team um, and saying some of the things that have needed to be said, especially lately. He, along with Josh Morrissey, who again spoke after the game last night, um, you know, all, always had a very, very high level of respect for what Morrissey's done for this club. Uh, but even more so in this trying season, what he's showing on and off the ice lately. Um, but I mean, listen, Stastny's year, I mean, 20 goals. I mean, that's gets a big honk for me, Remus. I mean, he, uh, he basically has uh, turned back the clock a little bit. And, you know, we heard Dave Lowry talking about, you know, when he wasn't traded at the deadline, you know, there has been discussion that he could be a player that sticks around beyond. I mean, depending on what changes that they have, especially amongst those le- the leadership group, um, you know, I would imagine that Paul Stasny could be a very, very key member of the organization in the next year or even two years as we get the, uh, you know, as we see what happens over the course of, uh, over the course of the offseason. We got some um, bre- breaking news, Huss. I was just about to say, breaking, breaking news. We uh, we were discussing the possibility of the game being postponed, and uh, sounds like it. Fill us in. I've been talking. What have, what have you learned? Yeah. Paul Friesen tweets, in Blizzard news, tomorrow's Winnipeg Jets home game against Seattle postponed to May 1. I wonder what that means for my fantasy league final. But anyways, <laughs> it does... It does uh, that's a great uh, so, question. So there's no, yeah, there's no game tomorrow, which is good because I was supposed to go, and I know people are trying to talk about panic selling their tickets. Um, so no game tomorrow, and I think it would have been if we what is projected to come is coming would have been very tough for Seattle to get here on time or at all. They're playing in Calgary tonight, so seems like the right move. And you know what? Uh, I think it gives the Jets a break in the schedule for this week, which was going to be a bit of a nightmare. We talked about it last week. It was five and seven. I think you got a four and seven now, which is a lot more manageable. So their Jets next game now will be Florida on Friday. And I wonder if they don't just get out of here now and go to Florida for the weekend games against oh, Tampa. You know and what the, the guys are saying at the at the skate today, or you know, I guess they were probably off today, but there might be a quick text chat. Hey guys, uh, you know, maybe we just fire up the fire up the jet right now and take <laughs> off. Although, can you imagine like now you like I said I think of this as a single guy that, you know, be playing on the hockey team. Yeah, like let's get the hell out of here and spend a couple days in Florida before we play our first game. How do you think, Remus, as a guy that now has a wife and a kid, if you're on the Jets and you just came back 
like late last night, knowing what's happening, the game tomorrow is canceled. How do you think the significant others would handle, you know what, because of the storm, we're um, yeah. actually going to leave early today and we're going to be down there a couple days early. I don't think that would go over very well amongst uh, the uh, the other members of the households. Well, it's for work. I think. Well, I think when you're married, <laughs> it's for work. It's you're for right. Work. I think when you're married to an NHL player, you're going in with the expectation that they spend a lot of time on the road. Like, but for me, with my current, you know, my current situation, yeah, that wouldn't wouldn't go over well. But again, it's for work. Like, you're not going to be home. You play half your games on the road. You go on extended road trips. So. I mean, I think they would have to leave today to Florida. Um, amazing that the time in April when there's a blizzard, the Jets have a weekend set in, in Florida. But yeah, they would probably have to go today if they want to get there. Otherwise, you may not. I saw Mike McIntyre. He's got a trip to Florida planned. Uh, are we supposed to go? And he's not sure what's going to happen. So uh, we will see. Uh, easy has hey kids we're going to disney world <laughs> yeah no doubt well i, I you know as he said this is all developing i'm sure mike's going to have a little bit more information when he joins us um in about 20 25 minutes get his thoughts on the game last night the upcoming road trip and kind of what's happening behind the scenes as they basically try to handle the uh this crazy blizzard that has now postponed the seattle game uh, which was supposed to be tomorrow night. And you know what? That is actually great for me, Reem. I thought I was going to miss the last three games of the season, um, but I will actually get back to town earlier on that Sunday. So I will be, and that's going to be the final game of the regular season for the Winnipeg oh, yeah. Jets and the Seattle Kraken. We'll be able to get one more game in there in the uh, in the stands before, uh, before it's all said and done. Um, that being said, this is a monster road trip coming up, and... Um, you know, if the team was clinging to, you know, like say it was a 30% chance or a 40% chance of the, of the playoffs, you would wonder what these games would look like right now. Um, but I'll tell you what, I mean, the only thing, as I said, off the top, the only thing I hope that we continue to get is 60 minute efforts from, uh, from everyone that was out there last night. And as I said, the energy of some of those young players, I think really really helped. And, you know, certainly we saw some people talking about it. I mean, this is just a perfect example of why, in some cases, maybe the Jets waited way too long to maybe bring in a guy like Dylan Sandberg or, you know, flip those, uh, you know, flip some of the players around. You have a guy like Morgan Barron, a chance upstairs. Now, listen, this is Mark Shafley is always going to be in the top six if he is on the team. And it was the Shifley injury that opened up the spot for Morgan Barron to, to pop in there. Uh, but honestly, Reeve, you have to agree that, Morgan Barron was touted as a guy that could, you know, maybe be a fourth line center, could probably play in the bottom six. When a guy like that gets an opportunity, even if it's for one game to play with players like Ehlers and Stastny, you hope that they'll show something. And I have a feeling that the Winnipeg Jets management absolutely will look forward to a few more opportunities for Morgan Barron to show because I think he may have exceeded a lot of people's expectations the way he fit on with those two players on that line. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that's kind of what we thought we might see from, you know, a Christian Veselainen in this year. I mean, Morgan Barron plays six games with the Jets. He's got, you know, two points, at least in one of those games. I mean, Veselainen was given 53 games and uh, resulted in, in three points. So, um, you know, you get an, everyone reacts to opportunities differently. Morgan Barron slotted in with two pretty good players uh, been playing well together in Staz and Ehlers, and, and he made the most of it. I mean, he looked great on the boards. Um, Jay Fresh. 
uh, highlighted Morgan Barron on Twitter. If anyone follows JFresh, I tweeted out on my account. A uh, link is in the description, M. Remus, but um, just showed like all the nice little touches he does um, in that game. You know, look at his expected goals. It was positive. So um, great game for Morgan Barron. And you want and you've been talking about him the last week. You know what a great opportunity it was, and nice to see a player take that opportunity and run with it. But I think, and Dylan Sandberg as well. There's a lot of jokes in chat before we start. It's like, oh, this is the uh, Sandberg and, and Baron show. And, um, you know, those are two guys, I think, battling for a spot on this team for next year. And Isn't Sam- that what we wanted in these final games? Like have yes. some young players, you know, take advantage of opportunities, show some promise, give people some hope for the future and for the upcoming season beyond this. I think both of those guys did a great job. Julian Labossier says, hey, what do you think the odds are 55 Mark Shifley gets traded and it's Stasny Perfetti playing center behind 80 Pierre-Luc Dubois? Well, there's a lot of ifs in there, but let's assume that Pierre-Luc Dubois signs long-term with the Winnipeg Jets, which I think is the intention certainly of the club. Um, if you're asking me about the odds of Mark Shifley being traded this offseason, this is my personal odds. I'm not based on any insider information, just reading the room. I would say it is greater than 50%. I'm going to go 60%. How's that? Well, I'll, I'll put a Whoa. number by it, Julian. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I, Whoa. Oh, I do. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm on it, the, I think it's more likely than not. Oh, man. More yeah, likely than not? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's, I mean, other people have their own opinion and stuff. But as I said, hey, listen, I've been thinking about this possibility since November when I brought it up originally, that maybe it makes sense. I thought it might make sense then for the team to do it. I sure as hell think it makes a lot more sense for it to happen now after what we've seen over the course yeah. of this season with where it, you know, he is in the contract. So anyways, listen, we're going to have a lot more time to talk about this. And I'll, you know, we'll, Julian, we'll put that one to Mike McIntyre. Um, the one thing I'll say as far as P, uh, Cole Perfetti, next season... Uh, like I haven't seen enough of him playing center at the NHL level to to think that maybe he's ready for that. Listen, I think he's going to be part of that group, but I think it could, definitely could be on the wing. All right, we're going to talk to uh, the Finker, Dan Fink, coming up in just a couple minutes. Uh, lots of exciting uh, games to come, including playoff games for the Manitoba Moose. Before we do that, a uh, big thanks to our newest sponsor, Wallace and Wallace, Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist. Folks, you've seen their fences and trucks all over the city as they've been serving residential and commercial customers since 1946. If your property needs the security and protection of a new fence or if winter's done a number on your old one, call them vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood. They've got the right fence for you. And if it's time to replace your garage door, they've got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. 452-2700's the number. Ben, Charles, Mark, and the Wallace experts will make an arrangement to come out and give you a free estimate. And you could also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their show showroom on Lawson Road off Keniston. Uh, of course, summer is going to actually come as is spring, weddings, grads, so much more. And F Apparel with their full line of custom clothing for any occasion are the go-to people in the city for custom suits for men, wedding and grad suits and more. Um, every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. S custom-made suits start at just $400 and wedding parties get a 15% off when uh, the group buys their suits from F and they've got a great promotion for young high school graduates with a free shirt and tie. 
with their suits. You can get them fully done up starting at just 400 bucks. Find out more, 190 Smith Street downtown or online. You can make an appointment and find out more at fephapparel.com. And hey, our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market continue to be great supporters of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And they are stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at amazing prices with an incredibly knowledgeable staff trained on these products to help you get what you need. Um, if you're into organic produce, local grass-fed meats and more, or a great grab-and-go deli with healthy and delicious Vitamarket soups, salads, and sandwiches, this is the store for you. And there's seven of them in town, seven locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and a great fully shoppable website now online at myvita.ca. Big thanks to Vita Health Fresh Market for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. All right, let's get to it. Welcoming in the voice of the Manitoba Moose back from the road, our good friend, Dan Fink. Finker, what's going on, man? How are you? And it's great to have you back on the program. Oh, not too much. Just preparing for the apocalypse like everybody else and uh, getting ready for uh, hopefully a couple of games this weekend against the Ice Hogs. Finally, nice to slow things down a bit. The stretch. It's, uh, now I'll get to kind of lighten the load a bit before hitting into a, a busy final couple of weeks and then off to the playoffs. Well, first things first, congratulations to the squad for booking that ticket to the Calder Cup playoffs. I know that was a, a great part of the weekend, although they probably would have loved maybe a couple more points to come back with. But mission accomplished. The Moose are going to the playoffs. But tell us about coming back right now. And I'm interested, and we've just got news in the last 20 minutes or so live on the air that this game tomorrow for the Winnipeg Jets and Seattle Kraken has been uh, has been postponed, Dan. Um, how is what we expect to come affecting what's happening behind the scenes with the Moose? Any change of plans for practices or how this week's going because of uh, what we're getting hit with? Yeah, it looks like teams actually, I mean, we're scheduled to be out here at Iceplex all week, but uh, with the Jets now out of town, uh, I think uh, the plan is to to move downtown. Most of the team lives downtown um, as it is in, the, in kind of the, the True North building there. They A lot of them have their apartments there, and then uh, I believe they're going to move the, uh, the some of the hotel guys downtown. It's mostly going to be located downtown, so it looks like they're going to practice out of there a little bit. And, of course, uh, weather could play a factor in and it'll, uh, we'll be sure to keep everybody posted on that. And uh, if anything arises, ticket holders can uh, keep an eye on their email for uh, anything that's uh, associated or with the email that's associated with their account. Any communication will come there. And of course, we'll we'll blast it out over our social feeds if anything does come up or does change. So uh, we'll uh, we'll be on t- as on top of it as we can be. And uh, of course, uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> this week, I mean, with this weather coming in, uh, the joke is kind of like, in 2018-19, we might have been looking this week going, oh, man, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And have to come up with all these scenarios. And 21-22, it's just like, well, if this happens, we'll do this. If this happens, we'll do this. I think we just lost Dan there for a second. Um, but uh, certainly, I mean, the logistics and what's happening well, behind the scenes. Finker, you know what? We just lost you there for a minute when you were just talking about getting into the um, uh, you know, just yeah, I got a phone right. call and I think that blew up my computer. So, uh, uh, okay. What you were yeah, saying, just, yeah. I mean, all the contingency plans, but you're right. Yeah, After so. going through two years of a pandemic, I mean, uh, even a massive storm from mother nature for a couple of days is uh, probably small potatoes considering what you and other members of the organization have been dealing with and pivoting through, um, you know, over the last 24 months. 
And, you know, the wild thing is, I mean, back in, I guess it was the start of, um, I guess the start of 2019-20, our home opener, there was that massive storm in October, which had trees down on my house and everybody else's houses and things like that. There were still 3,000 people at our home opener that day. I mean, there was, there was supposed to be, I think we had sold about 6,500 tickets, but 3,000 people showed up when the, when the mayor of the city is saying, please stay in your homes. So that's Winnipeg hockey fans for you. But uh, hey, we'll see what the weather brings and we'll adjust as necessary. No doubt about it. Now, um, listen, I want to talk about the team and a couple other things around it, but let's get right to it. Playoff hockey's coming to the downtown arena. Calder Cup playoff run will begin in a few weeks. Uh, it's clinched now. I know you guys are doing a big push with very affordable tickets for the playoffs. Well, uh, give us a bit of a rundown on uh, what the Moose team in the office is doing right now to get ready for playoffs and what fan needs to know. fans need to know about counting themselves in. Yeah, and you, you know what? It was huge for the players to get that point to clinch a playoff spot. But as you know, Haas, from working in the uh, business side of a hockey team, that extra week or so to uh, to have that to, to sell playoff tickets and things like that every day counts. So it's uh, that was big for us too, and, it, and it's really exciting. Of course, uh, last couple of seasons haven't had any playoffs to 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 work with just because they've been canceled. So um, for, for the moose to be back in the playoffs for us to have a, a nice run up uh, to, to really lay out what's, what's going on is fantastic. So right now there are playoff packages available. Um, that's, and then you can look at that through a diff- couple different payment options and, and how it goes. You can pay as you go. You can do the whole lump sum thing as well, but you know what, there's some incredible value when you consider our P3 tickets are 1650 a game, or at least start there. Um, you can get the whole breakdown at moosehockey.com slash playoffs but uh, 1650 a ticket for the first couple of rounds uh if you're buying one of those playoff packages in the p3s which is still in the lower bowl it's just in the 200s down at the the end so those are fantastic seats that uh, at a jets game you'd be clamoring to get so um for for us to be able to offer that sort of value uh for for this playoff run is really excited and i think everybody's very excited about the team we have and the depth that we have so uh we're hoping to to be able to make good on uh, a very long run and uh, get everybody on board because I've seen what this city is like in playoffs now and I'd love for that to to get rolling for the Moose. Well, I'll tell you what's so exciting about this team is that I referred to, we were talking about the weekend that they had in clinching the playoffs yesterday. I mean, to me, I mean, this team really epitomizes that word team. I mean, there have been so many players that have chipped in in so many different roles, guys that are playing on the third or fourth line that, you know, a month ago were playing on the first line when guys were being called up and continuing to win, avoiding any big, long losing streaks along the way and now clinching their spot in the playoffs. And there's certainly a team that, you know, sometimes gets lost a little bit, you know, during the season with everything going on with the Winnipeg Jets and how much we obsess about the NHL club. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot of Winnipeg fans that maybe haven't seen a lot of the moose get into this Calder Cup run, and this team's certainly deserving of it. What do we know about the playoffs right now? Fill us in on where the moose are, potential matchups, and um, and the format seems to change every year in the American Hockey League, to be honest. So maybe just give us an update as to what's going on yeah. for this season. So the the playoff format has shuffled and sometimes I need to rewrap my head around it again, but uh, currently the Moose are ranked second in the central division and uh, they're in pretty good position to clinch that spot, but there's still some work to be done. A couple wins over the ice hogs would certainly help. And then they've got a big game uh, the following week against the Milwaukee Admirals who are in that third spot and have been playing some pretty good hockey week. So at the current juncture, the most likely opponent for the Moose in the first round is the Milwaukee Admirals. That'll be a best of five series. So uh, there will be, 
a five versus four play-in series as well. That'll be just a best of three. And then the winner of that, uh, their prize is playing against the uh, closing in on 100 points Chicago. But the moose kind of, oh, we are, we lose you again. The Wi-Fi no, out here, the Iceplex might be. Uh, you're you're good, Dan, you're good. Okay, so I'm not sure how much you lost there, but uh, uh, the yeah, so Moose uh, currently on a trajectory to face off against the Milwaukee Admirals, a team that they've largely split their season series against. A lot of good games between those two teams. Uh, that would be that second and third place matchup, but the Admirals do have the Ice Hogs right behind them, uh, and of course, they're trying to catch the Moose themselves, so it uh, it looks like that's going to be the, the matchup, and that would be a heck of a series. I mean, when you look at the Moose this season, they have 13 players uh, on their possible roster now with Mikey Acemont having made his NHL debut that have played in the NHL this season. That's a lot of players. So when you talk about uh, good hockey and professional hockey, you've got all these guys playing at the highest level, could be called up at any day. And then on the other side of things, you've got some pretty elite talent on that uh, Milwaukee team and starts from net out with Connor Ingram. Uh, Rocco Grimaldi, he's hurt right now. Not sure he's going to make it into that first round, but guys like Cole Schneider, Winnipegger, Cody Glass has been leading that team in scoring. He was a former first-round pick. So there's a lot of reasons to, to get excited about a playoff matchup between these two teams. Also, they genuinely dislike each other a whole ton. So that uh, obviously adds things up. They've already played 11 games against each other this season. They're playing number 12 in two weeks here. So uh, another play, a playoff series between those two teams will be an all-out war. Dan, some other interesting news for uh, the big club and the Manitoba Moose was the signing of two draft picks this week, Henry Nikonen and Daniel Torgerson. Nikonen was a 2019 fourth rounder. Torgerson is sweet, a 2020 second rounder. And they now have the PTOs with the Moose. When do you expect those players in? And uh, I imagine it would be great to get them into games at some point. Mark Morrison's obviously worried about winning hockey games and preparing for the playoffs, but never a bad thing to see some reinforcements come to the club. Usually it's the other way around. Yeah, uh, the word from the coach today was they'll be getting in, uh, getting in tonight, just in time. Um, <laughs> I'm going to win, guys. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine? All excited to start your exactly pro career. so, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so it's it's good to have, like you said, some more reinforcements. Uh, Mark Morrison was saying today he's not sure when they'd be getting into the lineup uh, as those guys, uh, you know, just get them acclimated, get them into some practices, working with the team. Um, and then they'll be able to kind of get everything sorted out and, and we'll see if maybe there's uh, some room for them down the line, but this moose team, once they start getting guys, especially once, uh, once the Winnipeg jets are, are where they are, or they're going to the playoffs, that obviously changes some things, but if some of the guys are with the jets, if they're able to get a little more healthy, the jets, then, uh, we'll see with those guys coming to join up with the, with the moose, it's going to be a very deep lineup. And, uh, even right now it's going to be tough for guys to get in as uh, the team continues to get healthier and guys like David Gustav and rejoined Christian Reichel was a full participant in practice though with the non-contact jersey on today but with nearly a week before the Moose are, are back in action on Friday who knows so there's uh the Moose are getting healthier and man it's a deep club and uh, we'll see how everybody fits in all right Finker I gotta ask you about this because this is one of the coolest stories we've had around you know a local sports team or an individual Jeff Malott's brother making his UFC debut on the weekend. The team is playing in Chicago while the event is going on. 
take us a little behind the scenes and fill us in on uh, what was it like around the moose party? I know Jeff said that the players all agreed that they put the phones away and watch it afterwards. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, Jeff seeing his brother do his thing in the octagon and the whole team uh, there supporting him? I should probably pull uh, Austin Siragusa over here from his rolly chair to give you the full details. He was right in the middle of all of that. So, um, ori- yeah, it was interesting. There were a few different plans because uh, originally we were we were kind of talking to uh, UFC Canada about some content that we were putting out throughout the week. And they were thinking, well, it might be about 630, 645, um, right when the team's on for warmups. So then we were trying to figure out, well, do, do they watch the fight in between warmups and going out for a game? That might be a bit of a distraction ahead of a big game against Chicago. And then eventually just said, you know what? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. We'll watch it fresh after the game. So then we had to figure out how to get them the fight after the game. So uh, Austin was able to figure that out, but I can't say that I'm not much of a UFC guy, but I've, so I've never really been invested in a UFC fight, but uh, Austin had it running off to the side while I'm on the broadcast. And so the fight's going on. And then all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I see Austin's hands go up to his head like this. And so I'm leaning over, trying to watch both things. Uh, and, obvi- and obviously Mike is uh, doing what he does. Um, so we were very excited about that. And then they were able to, to watch a post game. Austin was able to get it on the screen downstairs. And you were mentioning earlier about this team embodying a team. You had every player after that game locked in watching that fight and just going ballistic when uh, Mike landed that shot and and went to town there. And, uh, and I have never, don't know if I've seen emotion like it was coming out of Jeff after that point, it was, it was something to behold. So they're very close. And uh, I know that Jeff in a couple of interviews has said that far none, that's the, the happiest and most excited he's ever been in his life to see that for his brothers. So it's an incredibly athletic family. It's been an incredible year for them a lot. And uh, it was great to see Mike have that success. Now, listen, we can't take any credit for what Mike did in the octagon on the weekend because I wasn't even aware that they were brothers until I heard about this before the fight. However, the WST bump has been very, very kind to Mr. Malott <laughs> since he's been on the program. What a tear he's been on lately. I mean, this is a guy that not only has he continued to score at a high level for the Moose and help them win games, got a chance to make his NHL debut as well. It's been a real awesome season for the Cornell product. Yeah, he's, it's, you know what, for a guy that's initially, when we started asking about him, it's like, okay, well, who is this guy? I guess he's come in, maybe be a fourth line guy. And uh, for the uneducated of us, that is uh, obviously the, the Moose Scouts had a little bit of better idea what we were getting, but uh, we're like, okay, maybe this guy's going to play a fourth line. Maybe he's going to be a kind of a ECHL guy. Well, he comes in, leads a team in goal scoring last year. <laughs> Then, well, you know, the, the league's going to be better this year. So what's going to be the ceiling for Jeff Malott this season? Oh, he just comes out and leads the team in goal scoring again. He's got 22 on the season. First player to to get that high since uh, Logan Shaw back in, I believe it was the 1819 uh, season. So uh, he's had an incredible season, leads the team in points now, and uh, just doesn't really show any signs of slowing down. And he's had an element of clutch to him as well. He's got seven game winners in those 22 goals. He's been great on the power play. Uh, and as you mentioned, got in that game with the Winnipeg Jets going to show what he can hang at that level and it's it's been incredible to watch and uh, really happy for the success I mean you, you got kind of a, a taste of what he's like when you were able to talk to him earlier in the season but he's just one of those guys you cheer for and I mean that pretty much embodies most of the Moose team the entire team really I mean you look at all those guys and it's it's such an incredible group and uh, we're so lucky to have them and uh you know what, uh, a lot of times it's not necessarily the most skilled team that finds its way to win a playoff series. It's the best team. 
And I think that's probably the best advantage the Moose have going into the postseason. Get those pipes ready for the weekend. Uh, it's still scheduled 2 o'clock on Friday and Saturday, correct? Yeah, and uh, if anything comes up, uh, we'll we'll try to let you know sooner rather than later. And uh, if uh, yeah, if the weather's going to wreak havoc, we'll we'll figure it all out. We'll uh, get every all the information out to ticket holders. It'll come to your emails associated with the tick or with the uh, the account that you purchased your tickets with. So if there is any communication, you'll get it as soon as we can. Holler at us if uh, if you need us to uh, get any word out as well, Dan. Thanks for doing this. Uh, all the best to uh, the Moose heading into this weekend, and I can't wait for some Calder Cup playoff action downtown. Thanks a lot, Haas. And remember, folks, like I was saying earlier, moosehockey.com slash playoffs to get your information on uh, on playoff tickets for Moose. It's great value uh, if you get in ahead of time and uh, book your seats because I think it's going to be a hot ticket once May rolls around. See you at the rink, dude. Have a great one. Bunker down. <laughs> There's Dan yeah, Fink. Everybody, everybody be safe. <laughs> Daniel be Fink, voice of the Manitoba Moose. Uh, Moose hockey for all the information on the team, upcoming games, information on these weekend games. And, of course, playoff tickets as well. All right, Mike McIntyre is on deck. He'll join us next. First thing up, a big thank you to Culligan Water for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Culligan have been the experts in the water game in Winnipeg for over 65 years. It's a great family-owned business. They really do have it all for your home or your business. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, not to mention commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whatever your water needs are, Culligan Water has you covered. 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can call them at 694-5180 or check them out online at drinkculligan.com. All right, Manitoba Battery's got a couple things to let you know about. Uh, two exciting announcements this week. Now, number one, specifically for our farming friends that tune into the show, I know Mother Nature isn't being kind this week, but maybe Manitoba Battery can make it seem a bit better. The annual battery farm sale is now on until April 22nd with Group 31 1,100 cranking amp batteries on for $87.50, Ford and Chevy half-ton batteries are on for only $79.50 and a 900 amp top post utility battery, a utility battery for just $72.50 to name a few things that you can take advantage of. Phone orders are encouraged. And of course, that number is 783-8787. And they'll have it ready for you when you come to pick it up at 1026 Logan Avenue. And for you city slickers, Manitoba's battery is happy to bring you extended summer hours starting on April 18th. They'll be open 8 a.m. until 8 p.m. So those of you that can't make it down during the day can now go after work or they'll do you one better by delivering the battery right to your door on the same day when you order before 3 p.m. And on top of that, they'll pay you cash for the old battery when they get there. It's a complete time saver and significantly less than you'd get at Costco or Canadian Tire. Save time and money with Manitoba Battery, 1026 Logan Avenue, manitobabattery.com for more details. And uh, listen, uh, Royal Sports is actually ready for spring. Uh, apparently, Mother Nature is not allowing us to have spring, but whether you have a soccer player, a baseball player, a softball player, getting ready to ride a bike, Royal Sports has it all. New stock coming in daily, not to mention new Jays gear coming in as well. 
and obviously all that great bomber gear, jet gear, and more of the merchandise. You remember a great fitness section as well. And for you bike enthusiasts, if you do have a uh, someone that likes working on bikes, they could definitely use a couple of people like that down at Royal Sports. So find out more. 750 Pemina Highway. You can give them a call or find out more on their Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for job opportunities, merchandise drops, and the latest sales. All right, let's get to it. Lots going on in and around Winnipeg and Manitoba. Most of it weather-related, but it's also wreaking havoc on the hockey schedule. Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press joins us now. Mike, I cannot believe it's happening again, but here we are, and um, man, no hockey game tomorrow. Preemptively just saying, no, we're moving that game till the end of the season. It'll be the final game for both the Kraken and the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, now just sit and wait to see what happens with the weekend. And of course, for your upcoming trip, maybe the best trip of the year, Florida. Uh, First of all, update us on the game, what we know about that, how and why it was moved, and uh, what does this mean for the road trip and the Jets' ability to get out for the weekend? So the Jets are actually in the air right now. They're they're heading down to Florida right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. we were just talking about this. I was just saying, can you imagine the guys with wives and kids, how they had to explain <laughs> that? They get back last night. They were going to have a few days before going on this long road trip. Blizzard of the centuries coming in. And right. they're like, honey, we're out of here. We're, duty calls. Good luck. I got to go to work. I got to go to work in Florida three days three days before our game. Yeah, I don't imagine, Hass, that was a tough sell for the players to convince them uh, to, uh, to unpack from Montreal. Uh, they got in in the wee hours last night and then kind of quickly turn this around. Look, this isn't just a a Jets issue why they've postponed tomorrow's game. I suspect the Seattle Kraken were going to have a hell of a time getting in here. Uh, They're playing in Calgary tonight, the Kraken are. So it's not like they could have flown here today to kind of get in place. Uh, They're going to be flying or they would have been flying from Alberta in the wee hours of of tomorrow morning and given what the forecast is calling for i mean that may have been a a white knuckle flight just to get them in and then of course they would just like the jets they would have to get out of here uh you know either after the game tomorrow night or thursday morning and and you know from everything we're hearing that's going to be a real a real challenge so it just made a lot of sense and i, I was actually looking yesterday to see i thought this was probably going to happen but I was wondering where do they put the Jets Kraken game? Uh, because if you actually look, especially at Seattle's schedule, there is there was nowhere left to put it in the realm of, of the regular season. They have a bunch of back-to-backs. I mean, unless they were going to make them play three games in a row, AHL style, there was just nowhere to put it. So the the solution, I guess, is to extend the NHL's regular season by 48 hours for these two teams, uh, because the the regular season is going to end on the uh, the 29th, uh, and and it won't obviously for the Jets and the Kraken, which creates the potential if that game really doesn't mean anything to Winnipeg, and you know odds are the Jets are going to be eliminated by that final game. Now, uh, I suspect that Jets Kraken Sunday afternoon affair will have all the intensity. Uh, of a uh, early September preseason game. I'll set the over-under on on hits at 1.5 and take the under 
and it would probably be an accidental collision between two players. You know what? I'm going to take the other side on that, Mike. And and the reason for that is, I mean, look at the game last night. And I think what we're seeing yeah. right now, and again, this is all, I mean, as someone that's invested in the team, the only thing I care about right now is professional efforts, guys showing that they, you know, uh, care about themselves, their teammates, and go and, and play with pride and some heart night in and night out. Because I think that's sure. been missing at times, especially to get them into this predicament. And, you know, it's sort of a good segue going into last night. I mean, these are two teams that are done. I mean, the Montreal Canadiens have been done for months yeah. right now. And um, I got to tell you, I love that game from Winnipeg. I mean, listen, there were some mistakes. I mean, you know, seeing... Uh, 28 roll in and we talked about the open space of the ice in front of the net the way they took it and Joel Armia getting a couple whacks at it. I mean those are some things you'd like to improve but from that play that Mason Appleton made laying out in the first period to his stick I mean it seemed like that team played like they really did care sure. and 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 right now I mean I think that's all that fans want to see as well as some young players get opportunities and make the most of them and that was the biggest story of last night's game from my perspective. It was. And so I, I kid a bit that the game wouldn't mean anything. It would mean a hell of a lot to the guys in the lineup that aren't, don't have their jobs locked down or secure. Guys yeah. like Dylan Samberg, guys like Morgan Barron, who had really nice showings last night. And, you know, they have a lot to play for, obviously, uh, even if the team is not competing for a playoff. So let me be the most optimistic glass half full guy. And I will say this, Haas, if you believe the Jets still have a hope and a prayer of making a playoff run tomorrow's game getting scrubbed is actually a very good thing for the jets. The jets were going to be playing five games in seven days and uh, correct me if my, if I'm wrong here, I don't recall the jets ever playing five and seven. That's, that's pretty much unheard of in the NHL five and eight. Yes. Four and six. Yes. But five and seven, that I, I personally didn't even think that was allowed under the CBA. Obviously, <laughs> it, it is. Uh, but so they were going to have to play five and seven. And games four and five are against two of the best teams in the National Hockey League on the road back to back. I suspect by the time the Jets get to Tampa on Saturday, playing for the fifth time in seven games, I don't care how you know, revved up they might be to, to have a good showing. They were going to be running on absolute fumes. By getting rid of tomorrow's game or pushing it now to the end of the year, the Jets have the chance to, to reset, recharge. And, you know, it, look, it might not change the outcome. They might still get walloped in, in Florida by two really good teams. But I suspect the energy levels are going to be a lot higher than what would have been the case had they had to play tomorrow night. So, you know, th they need to almost run the table here. I guess the odds of that, they're still very remote, clearly. But I would expect that when they come out Friday night in sunrise, you're going to get a Jets team uh, that has a little more jump because, you know, they won't have now played since Monday. And, uh, and, and so whether they can use that to their advantage um, no doubt they're going to get a lot of R&R &R down in Florida now this week. By going today, uh, I suspect there may be some guys hitting the ice on Friday night with sunburns. Um, but, you know, maybe they can use this to their advantage in, in a way, right? And look, this is a Jets team that 
they've kind of had a bunch of things go against them this year from guys getting COVID, you know, who've had to get tested where other teams wouldn't be. Kyle Connor, Nate Schmidt, you know, so maybe this is an example where mother nature will actually give them a bit of a break. Uh, although, as you pointed out off the top, I don't imagine the spouses are looking at it quite oh. that way. As they they look at the shovel sitting at the front door that they expected hubby to probably go to town on, and now he's out of town. Yeah, there. Uh, listen, I I would do anything to have just been a fly on the wall for some of those conversations. Hey, plans have changed. Right. Quick kiss the kids goodbye. Here's something. I made a call for somebody to check in on you guys in a bit. We're going to Florida early. <laughs> Just, I'll, just I'll in FaceTime time. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. From the pool. From the pool. Hey, uh, do we know if Wheeler or Shifley made the trip? Well, even if they aren't aren't going to be able to play, I suspect they were jumping to get on that airplane, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I they mean, don't normally take injured players on the road. I like. I that was a serious question. Yeah. Like, I I do no, wonder I, whether those guys are still in the mix. I Shifley was supposed to be evaluated yeah, when they came back here. I mean, is that even done yet? Right. So I suspect Blake Wheeler will be on the trip because he was on this this last trip as well, um, even though it sounded I mean, I, I don't think Blake Wheeler's done for the year or at least, you know, with whatever his injury is, I don't think it's to the point where they're ready to, to just shut him down. Maybe it gets to that point, but I believe that there's still a chance that he gets back in the lineup. Mark Shifley, I don't know the answer to that, because as you say, um, they were waiting on some testing and certainly the, the initial prognosis is not good for Mark Shively. The fact that Dave Lowry like ruled him out 24 hours ahead of, of a game, um, you know, tells you that they knew this is not just something minor. And we look, we all saw, we all saw the hit. We saw him come off the ice. Um, it didn't look good. Right. And I don't want to speculate on, on what it might be. I, I know lots of people have done that. Um, but it didn't look good. So, yeah, I don't know if Mark Shifley's on on the trip, um, but I do suspect Blake Wheeler would be, um, you know, because I think there is still a chance that Blake Wheeler does get back in the lineup here. I, I can't, without knowing more, I can't say the same yet for Mark Shifley. Yeah, it is interesting. And and listen, this is a number. We've seen it beforehand. Um, I was interested to see how the team was going to look, you know, particularly without both of those players in uh, right. last night. and. Um, I know Kelly Moore called it on the uh, broadcast last night, one of the best defensive performances of the season. Um, but it certainly did seem like everyone was all in together, and that hasn't yeah. been the case on many, many nights. I mean, um, just what was your thoughts about the overall look of the team and what Dave Lowry was able to get out of his club last night, given the lineup? Can we praise Josh Morrissey anymore? I mean, Josh Morrissey has been tremendous uh on the ice and off the ice i thought josh morrissey's comments uh the other night after the colorado game um you know where he talked about not being happy with the first period and the talk they had in the room about not quitting and you know playing with some pride and some passion that that's how a leader speaks right and you know and we saw josh morrissey from the incredible kick save that he made you know a game saving save on the empty net if he doesn't do that the jets never tie it and they don't get that point um you know and josh morrissey i thought he just continued that both these games on the road he was terrific um and you know i, I really liked his game but i liked a lot of players games yesterday i mentioned you know dylan sandberg to me um 
I, I thought this when he was in the lineup earlier in the year, and I really think it now watching him for these last few games. Like he looks like a guy that that is is a full-time NHLer to me. And he 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 looks like a guy that should not come out of your lineup. He plays he plays big, he plays mean at times. Um, you know, that hit that he threw the other day on uh, on Parker Kelly, the guy that knocked Shifley out of the game. I mean, there was there was a bit of nasty to that hit. And and he's obviously got some skill. The guy can move the puck, the guy can move. You know, he had two assists on the first two goals yesterday. Like I, I like everything about Dylan Sandberg's game. He's going to go back to the Moose for the the playoffs, of course, uh, presuming the Jets aren't in the playoffs, um, and that'll be great for him. But I expect by next fall, I mean, they got to find a way to get mm. Dylan Sandberg, uh, you know, get him a, a regular spot because he's shown that he's up to the task. And you know, Morgan Barron has been a real nice surprise too because he's a guy we didn't really know much about. We just knew that he was part of the Andrew Cop trade. Um, you know, we won't know who those two first or sorry, second round draft picks, one which could become a first, like though who those guys are is still probably a few years away from ever kind of seeing if they turn into anything. But it's nice to get something kind of in the here and now for a guy in Andrew Cop that's gone to Broadway and absolutely lit it up with the Rangers, eleven points in ten games. Uh, but now to, to kind of see an early return if you're the Jets. And, you know, a young player in Barron who clearly has significant upside. Um, you know, he's not going to get a goal and an assist every game, clearly. But I think there's enough that we've seen already from him to, to make you wonder what could be. And so, yeah, these are all positives. And, you know, if, if I'm the Jets and maybe their hand's going to get forced here by injuries, like you wonder, would some of these guys be getting these chances if Shifley and Wheeler and Harkins you know, didn't go down with injuries, but it is what it is. And and you wonder, you'd like to maybe see some other guys get a look here down the stretch. I'd like to see David Gustafson get a few games. I know he had COVID with the moose, but I, I just think there's some other guys that would be worth giving looks to here in the final eight. Well, and, and let's go back to 2016, because this is the last time this team was basically playing lame duck games at the end of right. the season. And that was as we discussed daily. I mean, that was the GM tank. That was shutting down Toby Enstrom. <clears throat> I mean, right. there was about half a dozen guys that got shut down at the end of the season for whatever ailments that they told us they were. And then the team went out and won that stretch of the last five or six games, driving right. every fan into paranoia that it was going to cost them their pick. And then they ended up, you know, getting up to second and getting Patrick Line. Right. Um, I mean, do you think that they're still operating as a team that is potentially has a chance at the playoffs? Or might we see, you know, some more guys, including some defensemen, maybe get the odd night off to give a Logan Stanley, while well, Villahanel is not there with the club right, right now, his chance to get back into the lineup? You certainly, I mean, I would have liked to have seen more Dylan Sandberg just last night. He played 15 yeah. minutes. I mean, he could have been out there a little bit more. I mean, but do you see it going in that direction? in the next little while or is that more maybe something for the final week of the season after they finish this road trip well i'll tell you what i i, I still see at least the way dave lowry's working his lineup i see a coach who still believes they have a chance to make the playoffs and the reason i say that is because connor hellebuck played his second straight night last night um now the jets unless they knew 
maybe they suspected that Wednesday's game was going to get banged. And if that's the case, then it makes a little more sense that you Ooh, if, good theory, good theory on that, yeah. because that was a huge head scratcher. I mean, if they were fine with going him back to back in those two games, like Remus and I said at the start, where was he on you know, on Thursday a couple weeks right. ago against the Toronto Maple Leafs? For sure. now, listen, it's, they did not lose that game because of Eric Comrie. Far from it. They fell way off in the final two periods, and it would have been the same result regardless. But with that decision, I mean, the first thing that came into mind is like, you're rolling him back-to-back against yeah. Ottawa and Montreal after many of us thought that the way he played against Buffalo, that's a game they had to have was before they were really done. That was right. when you'd see Hellebuck get another start in back-to-back games. Yeah, and, and the fact they didn't play him, like you said, against Toronto, um, you know, that that was telling. But I think I think they had an inkling last night even before the game that Wednesday was probably not going to happen. So it, it does put it in a little bit different light that if they knew that, Oh, we're probably not playing till. So we can kind of empty the tank uh, because Connor's going to get some recovery time here. We don't have to worry about you know, running them ragged this week. Uh, I assume if they, if they were knew they were playing Wednesday, he probably doesn't start last night because he'd play tomorrow and then they'd want to obviously get him in potentially both games against Florida if they believe those games had meaning. Um, now, by you know having tomorrow night's game uh, postponed, I do wonder if we'll see him uh, in both games in Florida. And again, maybe that's based on the result. Like if they win on Friday, and again, if that creates this belief that they could keep going here, and you know part of it may be the out of town scoreboard as well. Dallas plays Tampa tonight. Um, they'll obviously have now a few days to see what Dallas and Vegas uh, and even Nashville do over the next few days. Um, but I do imagine that, you know, I, I get the sense that they're still coaching with the idea that um, that they can take a run at this. Um, that being said, I do wonder if someone like Blake Wheeler, if last night, for example, was a, a win and you're in, lose and you're out, you know, winner take all game. I wonder if Blake Wheeler might have been in the lineup and and they're holding him out as more of a precaution. Um, but yeah, I, I suspect that some of those decisions may may change, you know, based on the circumstances, which as well are very fluid. But, um, you know, the Jets, they only have the four call-ups and I, I've lost track of how many they've used here. Morgan Barron is for sure one. Uh, Dylan Sandberg is an emergency recall and I believe he's still on that designation. I'm not sure if Vili Hainala ever became a full recaller, if he was strictly emergency. In any case, I believe they've used one for sure, possibly two. So they at least have two call-ups left uh, in these final eight games. And I'd like to see them use them judiciously and get some young guys, uh, you know, some extra looks. Obviously, Mikey Asimont came up last night. I believe that's the seventh guy, Huss, that's made his NHL yeah. debut this year. That's that's got to be a Jets record, a 2.0 anyways, to have seven different guys. Uh, and then there's a couple other guys in like Pagansky and Barron who made their Jets debuts and had only had a couple games, you know, on their resumes. So there's been a lot of, of fresh blood injected in the lineup because of COVID and injuries. And I'd like to see that continue down the stretch. Mike, um, you know, we talked about the loss of uh, Shifley and Wheeler not playing last night and the way the team performed. And again, let's not get ahead of ourselves. This is the Montreal Canadiens, one of the worst teams in the league that they beat. But, I mean, the way they played, they played for the full 60 minutes, they got the win. This team this season is now 5-0 and with those guys in the lineup. Is that a statistical anomaly or... 
do you entertain something more to it? You know, I put that in a similar camp that I'd, I'd often put a statistic that shows a team has a better record when their backup is in, in net. That doesn't mean the backup is better than the number one, but it does speak to maybe the style of game the team plays at times when, you know, let's say Eric Comrie's in net. And I know Comrie, his numbers went up because of that Toronto game, but Eric Comrie still has a better goals against, save percentage, winning percentage than Connor Hellebuck. Is Eric Comrie a better goalie <laughs> than Connor Hellebuck? Absolutely not. Do the Jets play different at times when Eric Comrie's in net? Absolutely. They maybe button it down a little more. They th- There's more attention to detail. And so I do wonder if, again, small sample size like you'd get with a backup goalie, but I do wonder if, you know, when Wheeler and Shifley, obviously two drivers, two leaders, um, when they're not in the lineup, if there's a bit of a different focus among the guys that are. Um, and and maybe this is a team, and we know this is a team that at times strays from the details, right? Paul Stasny just said it the other night that Dave Lowry had to yell at them after the first period. Um, in game 73, a, a supposedly mature, experienced group, why do they need their coach to yell at them on in the 73rd game of the year when they're supposedly in a playoff race? Because that's kind of who they are this year. Um, so maybe when Shifley and Wheeler are not in the lineup, the Jets buckle down, you know, they they roll up their sleeves, and there's a little more business-like approach to the game, which ultimately results in in better results that's the best i can make of it um you know i I don't believe that uh that this suggests the jets are a better team without two of their biggest offensive players and i think over the course of an entire season you'd see those numbers probably balance out a bit more but it is an interesting stat for sure and uh it's one i suspect we might see some additional numbers get added to the number of games because there's probably a good chance that they're going to be without both Wheeler and Shifley here for maybe at least a couple more. Yeah, well, those games are against Florida and Tampa. So if we're talking about a team that's 7-0 without them in the lineup, right. maybe that'll give it a little more, uh, a little more, uh, a little more Um, I mean, I think, you know, listen, this just kind of piggybacks off our conversations over the last couple of months from watching this club. But it was interesting hearing Darren Drager towards the end of the last week reporting on the Winnipeg Jets. And this is, should be of no surprise to anyone, but a full audit top to bottom of the Jets operation when it comes to the hockey club is going to be undertaken. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's already happening right now, to be honest. From where we sit right now with eight games left, assuming this team doesn't have some sort of an absolute miracle up their sleeve, um, how significant do you think the changes will be this offseason, Mike, when it comes to management, coaching staff, and key players in that core, if you will? Right. Well, you know, it's interesting. And I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I've openly wondered if the Jets, if True North would ever entertain the thought of bringing someone in, like with the idea of that audit, as you talked about, like a Brendan Shanahan type, a Jim Rutherford type, like we're seeing in Vancouver, you know, the director of hockey ops, somebody to almost um, oversee everything. The, the Jets don't really have that, right? Like we know... We know they have an owner in Mark Chipman who's very hands-on. There's no question about it. He's very involved in the day-to-day. And, you know, we know historically Paul Maurice, the coach, has had tremendous input 
into certain decisions. Well, Paul's gone, of course, uh, but we just know the, the way the structure within this organization has always mm-hmm. been um, that they felt they didn't need that kind of outside, you know, voice to maybe come in and look at, at things. Uh, but I do wonder if this might not be a good time to entertain that. And if we could see, you know, a, a new title, a new kind of person like that added, as opposed to it just all remaining in-house. Because as we know, sometimes, you know, you, have, you get you get blinded a little bit sometimes by by comfort, by familiarity. And sometimes the best thing that can happen is to get somebody kind of to come in and tell it like it is, right? Somebody who has no ties or no loyalty. And I've I've kind of personally believed for a while that that could benefit this organization, whether or not they actually go that route. I won't hold my breath because it, it would yeah. it would signify a bit of a departure from the mentality, I think, within True North. But I think that they could probably benefit from that. And if they were to do something like that, then I think you're really looking at a top to bottom, you know, full scale audit or autopsy, whatever you want to call it. If it's a lot of the same people, the same faces and voices that are reviewing it, I guess I have my doubts as to maybe how extensive it, it really might be. So time will tell, um, but uh, it does set up to be a most interesting offseason, to say the least, for this team. Well, let me ask you this. I think it was Julian in chat earlier um, asked me about the... Uh, he said, what do you think the chances are that Mark Shifley is traded in the offseason? And the second part of that, you know, when the center positions being Paul Stastny and Cole Perfetti. And I said, I'm not sure Perfetti is quite yet to be a center every day in the right. National Hockey League. We'll find that out. I certainly think if that happened, I think the likelihood of Paul Stasty coming back is increased because I think they definitely need, not only, I mean, I called him yesterday the conscience of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. And we hear that from him speaking. And I think from a leadership role, especially if you're seeing sort of that leadership being handed over to that younger group, whether officially or not officially, that Paul Stasty would be a great guy. But let's get to that first bit. If you had to put a number on it, um, the likelihood that Mark Shifley could be traded in the offseason. What uh what what would percent would you put on that, Mike? I'd put it somewhere in the range of 50, like uh 50%, maybe closer to 60, 65, you know. Okay. I I yeah. said 60, and I probably would have said it higher if many of the things that you just mentioned about the way the organization is right now. Right, but, right, you know, exactly. You, you mentioned, you know, that where, you know, the way True North has done things over the past. I mean, I'll tell you, things are already changing significantly around there, and we're seeing it right now with our own eyes, with the way that, you know, they're working for season ticket holders, yep. they're trying to establish it. And listen, maybe this is me making something out of nothing, but... Uh, it wasn't lost on me that when I threw my Instagram on on the weekend and they had the ad for the Jets and it was the players talking about being a season ticket member, it was Pierre-Luc Dubois, it was Nikolai Ehlers, it was Kyle Connor, and it was Josh yeah. Morrissey. I mean, I think we know what that core is going forward. And, um, sure. you know, to me, I mean, I think it's the, it always comes down to the move that you can make that would be significant, that has a real value, that could yeah. bring back some pieces that, you know, hopefully you wouldn't take too big of a step back with, and then empowering some of the other players to take that next step up into those roles. And uh, I'm pretty much on the same wavelength for you as around what that number is. 
You know, it's interesting you mentioned Paul Stasny because his play obviously has been consistently excellent this year. And I think at his age, it's it's a bit of a shock, right? That what's he got 20 goals now for the first time in like eight or nine seasons. Um, and, you know, it, Paul Stasny does a lot of things. Um, you know, obviously he's a leader in terms of he doesn't wear a letter, but the way he kind of speaks and tells it like it is, um, like he did the other night, you know, about getting the wake up call. Um, but I also think you can't understate the impact he's had on somebody like Nikolai Ehlers. And we saw it, Huss, you know, we saw it over Christmas, right? With Nikolai Ehlers uh, not being able to go back to Denmark and how the Stasny family took him in and, and you know, cooked him a traditional Danish meal. And they spoke about what, what that meant and the friendship and the mentorship. And I think we're seeing, you know, Ehlers and Stasny now as they play together, there's some real chemistry there. Nikolai Ehlers is on a bit of a, a tear here lately, and we're seeing kind of the best of him come out. And I, I'm more convinced than ever that we probably see Paul Stasny back next season. They'd obviously have to find a number that works for everybody, but I, I don't see that as being an obstacle. We know Paul Stasny really enjoys it here. Um, and so if you have Stasny back and we know he can play center and you've already got Dubois and you've got Adam Lowry and then you've got guys like Perfetti and Gustafson, I think it does open the door even more so to potentially moving a guy like Shifley, your de facto number one or number one A or B center, um, if if it could change the mix and the composition of your team, change the culture of your team, and of course, get you the kind of haul that you hope will will allow your team to kind of get to that next level that they've been trying to get to here for a few seasons. So you're right. I mean, I'd put the number higher as well if I thought that um, that they were going to kind of really depart from the norm. But I will agree with you. This is a team that is realizing that they are going to have to do some things a little differently than they did. And that goes, you know, everything from the on-ice product to, as you say, learning how to sell tickets this this team sold itself for the first decade here that's no longer the case and they know who moves merchandise they know who the fans you know are invested in and i don't think it's a surprise that you're you're seeing now some of that marketing around some of those exciting young players who are the future core of this team. Hey, everybody watches the same games, Mike. I mean, uh, you know what? Right. I mean, listen, you know, whether they're outwardly seeing it, I mean, you know, people have seen a lot of things that um, I think have led us to where we are right now. Hey, quickly before we go, because we got MoCon coming up next, what is the status of your departure? Are you still going to be able to, uh, to, to, to to get on the horn or is that, uh, is that entire trip in kibosh to your dismay? So I got the email late last night that my Thursday morning flight to Florida has been canceled already. They preemptively canceled it. Uh, and unless I pulled, a, 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 you know, what the Jets did and got out of town today, which wasn't in the cards for a number of reasons, um, I won't be going down to Florida. <clears throat> in fact, I don't believe there's going to be any media, at least for those first two games. I'm still waiting to hear what's going to happen next week with the final two in New York and and Raleigh, but it does mean, Huss, that my NHL arena bingo, uh, because Sunrise is the 32nd and final building that I have to get to. No. That, that was going to be my bingo on Friday night. Um, turns out B is for Blizzard. And uh, <laughs> and so I will not be, uh, I'm going to have to wait. I've already called dibs, by the way, in the Free Press uh, newsroom. I've called dibs 
on the Florida trip next year because I, I want that bingo. Uh, but yeah, it's not going to happen. So I will be here shoveling and whatever else is coming our way uh, for the next few days with the rest of us. B is for blizzard and B is for bullshit. I can't believe yes. we're dealing all this, all this I know. right now. Mike, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, well, um, as I said, get those, uh, Get those pipes ready for some shoveling, and and maybe you can uh, you know send a text to some of the folks at the uh, at the Jets office, and I know there'll be some homes without the uh, the mail in the house, so maybe you can do some extra shoveling for uh, some of the wags of the local uh, local squad. I know a few uh, divorce lawyers from my days on the crime and justice beat. They they might be getting a lot of calls here over the next few days. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mike. All right, take care. Uh, great stuff from Mike McIntyre, as I mentioned, our uh, our guy Mocon coming up uh, next in just a couple minutes. Hey, big thanks to our friends over at Not Auto Corp. If you're thinking about going electric, maybe an electric massive 4x4 for what's going on, you got to check out the Tesla experience over at Not Auto Corp right now. Find out all about the Tesla vehicles, what's different from a traditional vehicle, charging and whatnot more. A great program which will allow you to take home a vehicle as well. Uh, that's all there right now at Not Auto Corp. And uh, regardless of whether you're thinking electric or traditional, if you're thinking about a new vehicle, why not get into the car of your dreams at an incredible price with the help of the Not team? Visit them down at Waverly and McGilvery or find out more online at not.ca. And of course, follow Not Auto Corp on all the social media uh, channels for the latest information on things like the Tesla experience. Um, I was asked today by a local media outlet coming out of the grocery store what I had got. I talked about the Donair pizzas that I'm looking forward to and some of the other things. And then Clay Young asked me, uh, we were right beside a liquor store, and if I had been to the liquor store. And I just flatlined said no. And he said, really? And I said, yeah, but I might be hitting the beer store. And uh, of course, I'll be picking up some Little Brown Jug to get me through the next few days. Uh, Little Brown Jug, Winnipeg's favorite local beer, available at fine beer stores and, of course, liquor marts throughout the province. And up until the snow comes, you can pop down and uh, load up as well over on William Avenue. Normally, they're delivering on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. I have a feeling like most things that are delivered, that's going to be impacted. But you can find out more right now. Bottom line is, don't be dry for this blizzard. Pick up what you need, and uh, if you're smart, that might include a nice rack of 1919 from our friends at Little Brown Jug. Uh, this also might extend the golf off-season, much to the chagrin of many, especially our friends over at Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club, but the season is just around the corner. Um, it's been an incredible few years for Breezy as they continue to grow amazing course improvements, beautiful improvements to the clubhouse, and that amazing patio outside. Uh, if you're thinking about a new home for golf for you and your family with incredible women's program, junior program as well, Breezy Bend is the spot. Find out more at breezybend.ca about waiting list times to get in on it. And of course, Corey Johnson, our great friend, does such a good job over there. Also a person to uh, talk to if you're thinking about booking a wedding at one of the top spots to host it here in Winnipeg. And uh, speaking of breezy, another thing we love doing this summer is get out to Aikens Lake. Pitt and the gang are ready for their busiest season ever. There still is a limited amount of availability at the end of May into June. And uh, of course, whether you're connecting with old friends in a world-class fishing environment just a couple hours away from the city or getting clients and customers together for a once-in-a-lifetime business trip, Aikens is the place for you 
Find out more online at akinslake.ca or hit Pitterin up on Twitter with some questions at akinslake and maybe we'll see you out there for the best few days of the year whenever you get to Aikens Lake. All right, it's been a couple, it's been a minute since we've had one of our favorites, Mo Khan, join us on the program. We figured with Jets playing the Habs last night and so many other things happening around the world of sports, we get Mo in. What's going on? Oh, another amazing Canada soccer kit wearing today. What's going on, dude? I'm well, Andrew. You know, for Mike, though, he has to realize that next year he's got one more arena to check out, the new and improved Arizona Coyote Arena at Arizona State University, right? So (laughs) once he goes to Sunrise, he still has to go to Arizona for that new arena, that 5,000-seat Taj Mahal that I have down in the the AZ. So I can't wait for that one to come up there. I'll be honest. I want to hit that arena, too. I'm fascinated to see what it's going to be like seeing NHL hockey played in ostensibly a junior hockey environment. But um, there's been a lot of kind of junior hockey type things about the Coyotes for many years. And uh, that will be a bit. Did you catch much of the game last night? I mean, I know uh, I mean, the Habs are religion there, but this has been such a bizarre season. They were in the cup final a year ago, and now they've basically been eliminated for months and at the bottom of the standings. I mean, what's the mood like around the Habs right now and how many people are still paying attention to games like we saw last night? Well, I caught the Tinder version of that game in a more truncated uh, affair last (laughs) night. And, you know, people are still paying attention, Andrew, because as you know, in Winnipeg, the Jets are the lifeline of, of a lot of Winnipeggers and in Montreal is the Habs. And there's so much intrigue. There's so much plot to the storyline for what Kent Hughes will do. Um, towards the spring and now summertime as we get closer and closer to the draft, as we last conversed back in, in early March, I believe it was, uh, it's going to be a seminal moment for him because the draft will be at the Bell Centre in Montreal. Uh, it's looking like they'll be for sure a top five pick, most maybe a top three pick if things fall their way. And with that pick, that's going to be now the, the starting block for this organization to start building up the franchise to where they want to be in maybe two, three years from now. But there's a lot of optimism. that A lot of Hat fans were very content with what they did at the deadline for them to acquire the draft picks that they have to work with. But now for Kent Hughes and for Jeff Gordon, they got to convert those picks into becoming actual players that will be part of this franchise for more than five, ten years. Because if you look at Mark Bergevin's time here, and even before that, the history for the Habs when it comes to developing players has been rather poor. And that's why for this organization, can they now reverse that curse and get this going in the right direction for what they want to build moving forward towards this future? Yeah, I mean, the Jets are in a different situation, maybe not hitting rock bottom like the Habs did, but I mean, they won't be part of the playoff tournament. We expect significant changes with this team going forward. And, you know, from my perspective last night, you know, we wanted to see a good effort. We did from the hockey team um, and we wanted to see. You know, some young players that are given opportunities right now, given the situations, make the most of it. Dylan Sandberg did absolutely, and Morgan Barron. Unfortunately, his brother Justin wasn't able to play in the game. It would have been really cool for that family to have them go head-to-head. He scores his first goal as a Jet at a two-point game and really stood out last night. On the Habs side of things, it was funny seeing Montebo, Decumbi Montebo, as Arpon Basu calls him, play uh, (laughs) as well as he did because... He was exactly the opposite of that a few weeks ago here in Montreal. But I'll tell you what, man, Cole Caulfield, I mean, that is a guy, and we we talk about a younger player that had some real tough times earlier in the season, played some time back in the American Hockey League. He seems like he's got his mojo back, and uh, Connor Hellebuck had to be on top of his game to make a few big saves. Uh, Younger players sort of getting their traction now, feeling more at home right now with the Habs as we get to the end of this season and into the next. 
Yeah, I, I think, look, for Cole Caulfield, we still have to tap the brakes on his development because you think back to the fact that earlier this year, he should have been in Laval. Uh, Dom Duchamp did not play him. St. Louis gets hired, and, and he plays him, and, and, he, and he allows him to have those mistakes on the ice and learn from those mistakes, and he's become a flamethrower out there for this Habs attacking front. Now, for them to be, you know, to look at Cole Caulfield, I think he definitely has a bright future for this organization, but we got to see a bigger sample size, Andrew, and, and that's why this next training camp will be huge for him because next year he will be an RFA. So he is going to be playing for a contract next year. So what type of Cole Caulfield will this organization get uh, come October 5th, whenever puck drop is for the new season, and whether or not he will be that guy? Because, again, he's got the elements there. But it's a question of who he will play with, most likely Suzuki for the next four, five, ten years, whatever it might be. And now for Martin St. Louis, if he's going to be the head coach, and people are praying to the hockey guys that he will be, if he can continue to develop that young talent in Cole Caulfield to become maybe a 25, 30 goal scorer, then they got themselves a, a, a young franchise piece to work with, along with Suzuki and others to build upon. Hey, just before we move on from the Jets have, I got to ask you about Marty St. Louis. I mean, you know, here in the market, you know, Paul Maurice left. They took Dave Lowry from the assistant coaching office, moved him over. I mean, it happened on a game day. There literally was no time to do anything else. Said he's the interim coach for the rest of the year. And they haven't seen, you know, many changes, you know, with the exception of a few areas of the game uh, up until this point. The hiring of St. Louis caught everybody off guard. I mean, I well, listen, it's not too often you take a guy from coaching 13-year-olds to being the head coach of a National Hockey League team. Right. Um, but also, I mean, it wasn't like he was really on the radar, but it has been interesting to see what's happened with this club since then. I mean, what have you learned about Marty St. Louis? How has it gone under St. Louis? And has he done enough to give confidence to the fan base and the organization that, you know, moving forward, he's a great guy to turn this thing around and take it from where he started it. Well, I think for, for St. Louis, he doesn't give a bleep about what anyone thinks about his coach's style. You know, Andrew, it's different. It's unorthodox. It's, it's outside the box. Um, not the traditional, we'll, we'll cultivate that coach in the junior ranks, go through the AHL, and then eventually the NHL. You're right. He he went from coaching 13 year olds to coaching Cole Caulfield, you know, in the span of like two days, and I, and I think look, the fan base is starving for that coach, right? That, that Scotty Bowman like figure to come in here and change the ship's direction, and maybe it is Marte St. Louis. But the thing is, for him, the biggest question as we get closer and closer to the end of the year, towards the end of April, is where does his family sit with him, perhaps becoming the head coach on a full time basis. Because it's a honeymoon right now with him. And, and anything he does, it's, it's worked out well. But now if he gets the full-time status, that honeymoon becomes reality. Uh, it becomes now an 80-game jaunt uh, for this team here where, hey, can he make the right moves in a, in a full season where teams will figure him out and make their adjustments? So I think for Martin St. Louis, is if he's comfortable with this position, great. The next question that will come up is his backroom staff. Does he keep Luke Richardson as his key guy for the defense because they've played very well under his watch? What happens to Alexander Burroughs as the assistant coach? Does he keep him because he was a Dom Ducharme guy? So, again, there's a lot of moving parts with Martin St. Louis. Kent Hughes and Jeff Gorton have expressed that they want him to be here. But now it's up to him, and he'll have three more weeks left in the season to decide, and the postmortem will come up in early May. And I think this will be a short-term thing where they'll decide as soon as possible, Andrew, that if he's the guy, he'll take the bull by the horns as soon as possible. So he gives everyone out there, potential free agents, potential trade partners out there, 
that he is the man in charge that will have the opportunity to hopefully get this team going back in the right course to where, where it is right now. How did it even come to be that they got him? I mean, like, that was one thing. It sort of just happened, and all of a sudden he was coaching the club. But, I mean, it was such a strange and unusual hire, albeit even temporarily. How did it, how did, how did it happen? Well, Kent Hughes uh, has a history with Martin St. Louis, uh, and it goes back uh, 20 years ago. And so that was still a lifeline that was still kept alive in terms of what the communication was between him and, and Kent Hughes. And if you recall, uh, Andrew, Jeff Gorton, acquired Martin St. Louis for the 2014 run that they had with the Rangers back in, in that cup run that they had. So there was a history with St. Louis and with uh, Gorton and Kent Hughes. And now with Vincent LeCavillier now on board in, a, in an advisory role, uh, he knows him very well. So they're trying to build around him with guys he's comfortable with. And again, I, I just think now for St. Louis, what it'll come down to, and, and the biggest question will be his family. Are they comfortable to be in this environment? Because we know how it is in Montreal. They will chew up and spit out any coach out there that falters or has a slow burn of a start here. So if St. Louis takes this job on, how will the fan base be like if they go on a four-game losing streak? Or heaven forbid, as it was, uh, an eight-game losing streak that they've had multiple times under Claude Julien Dom Ducharme. So there is a lot of questions about this whole process, but fans want him here in Montreal. Mo Khan with us from TSN 690 in Montreal. Mo, we always talk a little soccer with you. We are in the World Cup. What did you think about the group? And uh, fill us in on this, uh, what is it, the Nations Cup that we're playing in right now? And yeah, uh, well, first off, talk about the World Cup, and then we'll <laughs> talk about where we're going to see our uh, men's team next. Right, so I, I think the draw is a bit tricky. I know fans in Canada are like, hey, we, we can roll through these teams here, but but let's not forget that this is the World Cup, right? And I, I was watching Liverpool and Man City on Sunday, and Kevin De Bruyne, who's probably one of the best players in the world who plays for Belgium, I said to myself, if Liverpool, who has world-class players, can't contain De Bruyne, how will Canada contain him, right? So th there's a lot of questions. I, I think there's some winnable games for Canada. But the question is for them moving into this tournament as we get closer and closer is what will be John Herman's path of, of friendlies? Because, and I know, Andrew, you're a big Simpsons guy, as I am, and I'll give you this example here. If you remember Mo, when he was training Homer Simpson to become a boxer, right, and Jedrick Tatum was on the card, and Homer had no idea who he was, and he goes, is he another box card bomb? So for John Herman, he's got to schedule some friendlies against European teams at some point between now and before Qatar, to allow these guys to get used to playing this type of competition because there won't be any Surinams or Hades, uh, no disrespect to them as soccer nations in the CONCACAF. And they got to get ready to play those bigger hitters of that, of that group because Morocco will be tough. And if they can convince Hakim Ziyech to come back, who was at odds with the Moroccan Soccer Federation to come back, that's one more problem to worry about for Canada because Morocco is a very good soccer nation. They've been growing and growing, producing um, great talent for the European nations out there. And for Belgium, they're in that window right now. This is probably their last kick of the can for what they have for this core group. And for Croatia, who, if you remember, in 2018 were a World Cup finalist, uh, they will be a tough out. They're a little bit young and a little bit old in certain uh, position groups on that pitch, but they will be a tough out. So for Canada, again, Andrew, as I told you before, 2026 is where I think they will be uh, not a contender, but a legit threat to be a contender. I think now for 2022, whatever they do, it's icing on the cake for how far they've come along here under John Herdman. That being said, when we look at Croatia, B Belgium is the first game, then Croatia, yeah. then we finish with Morocco. I'd imagine that if you're, 
you know, drawing it out, how Canada can escape from the group, have to get a draw in one of those first two games, and then put three points up against the board against the Moroccans and get four. And four should be enough to, to place you in the final 16. Yeah, it could be. I think five will be the, the, the line in this group because, again... Yeah, if, we if just beat think, Belgium then. That, that, that's plan B. It, that, that's Look, they, they can't go into any of these games parking the bus. And what I mean by parking the bus is, hey, we're going to drop 10 guys inside our 18-yard box and hope for a counterattack and bing, bam, boom, right? But you, you got hitters. You, you got Jonathan David, Tejon Buchanan, Alfonso Davis hopefully will be healthy enough. And, and that's going to be a key, right? Because a lot of these guys who are playing in Europe here are going to be the either season. So how healthy will they be going towards Qatar, whereas the MLS guys will be coming to an end to their season in October, early November. So they'll get like a week or two break before Qatar begins. So I think, look, Canada's got hitters. The question now is, is that are they going to play with that brave mentality that they're going to go out there and not give a bleep about who they go up against here? And if they make a mistake, make it big. Because, look, this is the World Cup, man. You get one out of four years to play in this tournament. And for us Canadians... This is the first time we'll be there in 36 years. So we got to play it well and be smart out there. No, I cannot wait for it. Again, we'll keep on uh, keeping tabs on uh, our squad as they get ready for November. It seems like it's so far away after just qualifying. I mean, and I, I know it was it, in the summertime, Andrew. I yeah. wish it was in the summertime. Yeah, except I'm sure the players are happy they won't be playing in 55 degree Celsius oh, yeah, conditions sure. and whatnot for it. Um, hey, just quickly before we move off of soccer, yeah. gotta give some dap to the ladies. Um, pretty cool to see the uh, the champions event uh, out on the west coast yesterday. Um, you know, it, it's really too bad that these games aren't nationally televised first and foremost, and we couldn't get. I, I, you know, once our women won that gold medal, I was hoping that there would be something like the Americans did when they won the World Cup and they did that t celebration tour through everything. And I realized it's a pandemic and things are a little different, uh, but really a golden age of Canadian women's soccer led by Christine Sinclair, our girl, the destroyer, Des Scott from Winnipeg. I mean, just such a special group and, you know, still continuing. I saw a couple young women made their first caps for Canada yesterday in that matchup, um, but still celebrating the group that has done so much for this sport in our country. Yeah, no question. And, and, and let's not forget, Andrew, next year is the Women's World Cup in France. So once we're done with the men in, in November, December, we go on to the women's side, right? So don't forget about that, Canada. We, we got that big event next year, which can be a huge opportunity for Canada to get to the Final Four, if not being the World Cup finally outright. Because Defend the belt. Defend the belt. They roll in. They get the champion's advantage. Sure. Olympic gold medalists. For sure. And, and look, as I said to you before, Right now, we're at the pinnacle for women's soccer for Olympics, right? We're the gold medal defending champions, right? We got the men's who, who were dominant in the CONCACAF. So right now, we have both programs playing at the highest level possible. And now going towards, for what the women's team is going to build up towards 2023 here, the question now becomes this. Can they peak again here and have the right formula in place to go out there and get themselves into that conversation of being a World Cup contender along with the French, with the Americans, the Japanese, and the English. Those are going to be the five big teams going towards 2023 here. And watch out for France. That's a team that did well enough the last couple of European Cups and, of course, for the World Cup in years past. But they're hosting this event, and they want to win this event. So I'm so intrigued by the women's game next year for what it will present in 2023, look, guys, the next eight months or the next 12 to 14 months is going to be fun time to be a Canadian soccer fan for the men's and women's games moving forward. 
Uh, Mo Khan's with us from TSN 690 in Montreal. I, I say I, I liken Mo to a renaissance man of sports because I can bring him on and talk about so many different things, which is why you've become one of our favorites on this program. <laughs> Thank you. We've talked hockey. We've talked soccer. Let's now pivot to some hoops. NBA playoffs going on the weekend. Raptors taking on the Sixers. Listen, the Sixers are a favorite. I get it. People are always sleeping on the Raptors. Can the Raptors make it out of the first round? Give us your thoughts on this matchup that begins on the weekend, Mo. So our, our buddy Gabe Morenci had me on Sunday nights, and he has me on his list because I picked the Sixers to win in six. And oh, he goes, you made the list, Jericho I made the style, list, man. Like he wasn't happy with me because I was throwing, I was throwing rose petals at the Raps, right? But here's the thing about the Raptors, though. They're probably a year ahead of their schedule for where they want to be. For sure. I think they're still missing one or two more players to build around that core three of Siakam, Van Vliet, and Scotty Barnes. And, and I think when you go up against this Sixer team right now, Andrew, this is their window. This year and next year with Harden and Embiid and Tobias Harris and stuff. The thing is, it's not those three names I've mentioned from Philly that I'm worried about. It's Tyrus Maxey. The guard, he is the guy who has definitely been the straw that stirred the drink for the Sixers this year for what he brings with his ball handling and his shooting and his ability to attack the rim. I think the Raps have to do a good job to contain Maxi and kind of take him out of the game because you want to force Harden to be that ball handler because he's not the same guy that he was four or five years ago when he was playing in Houston. And for Joel Embiid, look, he's a monster. I mean, he, he is a unicorn skill set on the court. The Raps won't have an answer for him. But they can do their best to contain. And I think now for Nick Nurse, for what he's built up, he's been a great X's and O's coach in the playoffs here. And with him and Doc Rivers going at it back and forth, and now the talk is with Doc Rivers, he could be on the Lakers' radar if the Sixers flame out in the first or second round of the playoffs this year. It's going to be fascinating. And that's why this matchup definitely has not blowout into it, but there's going to be some close finishes here. But I just think right now for the Sixers, for what has been thrown at them, the mud thrown at them right now, they have a little bit more edge to work with here. And for Toronto, I think they're going in the right direction, but they're still probably a year or two away from that conversation being a top four team in the Eastern Conference. Nick Nurse versus Doc Rivers. This is a huge coaching mismatch in favor of the Raptors, isn't it? I wouldn't say it's a, a complete mismatch, but I, I think for Doc Rivers, he's had some questionable um, rotations. If you go back to the bubble with the Clippers, uh, many thought the Clippers should have made a run, right? And, and they didn't do so because of the poor rotation that he had with his bench, uh, not putting in certain guys when they had to. I think what it'll come down to for, for Nick Nurse is that can he find that Joker card in the deck of, of that he'll have to work with? And could that Joker be the difference maker to get that ugly rebound, to get that ugly basket, or to this play basketball that will play well into the hands for the Raptors. I think for Doc Rivers, there's a lot of pressure on him. And as I said before, if they if they're a, a one round and out or two rounds and out type of team here, it wouldn't surprise me if Philly does go in a different direction because they know that with them acquiring Harden, they got this two-year window to make a run because if they don't do it now, then you're going to have the Bucks, the Raps, the Heat. Uh, Brooklyn should still be in that conversation next year. That will all be teams that are going to get better and they're all younger than the Sixers are right now going towards this playoff run in the course of the next couple of years. What's the word on OG? Is he going to be good to go? You you think he is? And I know they had him come back out, I believe, last weekend to do some practice sessions and whatnot. And look, 
OG's been, unfortunately, he's a talent and a half, but he's always been hurt. And if he can be healthy and give the Raps that extra body to work with, that's quality depth to have on your bench to work with. I think for Nick Nurse, he knows that. And, and he can utilize him in the best way possible because, again, those matchups that we have, Tobias Harris, Danny Green coming off the bench for the Sixers, and we know him very well in Toronto for what he did for the Raps three years ago. Those are guys that they'll be relying upon. And if you look at the Sixers right now, Andrew, they don't have much championship pedigree to work with. Besides Doc winning the, the, the title with the Celtics in 08 and Danny Green winning three titles now with the Lakers, Spurs, and Raps, there isn't much to work with. And that's why that could be the wild card factor for the Raps that, hey, they have a little bit more of NBA title run experience in themselves with Siakam and Van Vliet and OG to work with. And that might play well into their hands. But again, if they're going to win this series, they got a split in Philly coming back for games three and four in Toronto. Mo, uh, before we go, I got to ask you, it's something we were texting each other on the weekend, um, the tragic passing of Dwayne Haskins. Um, and I know, I mean, listen, Adam Schefter owned it. He uh, did a big apology yesterday on his podcast. I mean, the way it was reported right off the bat was, I think, distasteful to many. But the bottom line, this was a young man that had an incredible college career, had a ton of talent, and I believe was just barely, if, 25 years old. And... um killed on the weekend and uh, you know we've heard from chase claypool who was there with him the canadian star receiver for the steelers and many players just how devastated they were but um i just an absolute tragedy i don't know other way to put it yeah and, and the sad part is his birthday would have been may 3rd and that's less than a month away and that, that's a sad part a young man regardless if he's a football player or not uh losing his life at age 24 and you know Hearing Gil Brandt, and I heard that interview on, on Sirius oh. Satellite on Saturday morning, it, it was tough to hear that. And 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 look, absolutely distasteful. I mean, just for folks was. that for folks that you know that missed this. I mean, he. I mean, like, like no matter who has just passed. I mean, having a little bit of respect for the person is important. And I mean, they basically took it as a referendum on everything they'd done as a quarterback in his couple of years in the National Football League. It was. Uh, was atrocious and you wonder what yeah. the call it will that be yeah he, he pretty much urinated on, on his on his grave and and that's what it was from gil brandt and, and that was that was an awful thing from him and look Dwayne haskins was he was he someone that was improving himself yes if you google ron rivera releasing Dwayne haskins and i remember looking this up after Dwayne had passed away because i remember rivera gave some tough love to Dwayne haskins saying he needs to mature to become what he's supposed to be as a franchise quarterback. I think Dwayne Haskins realized that going to Pittsburgh, and, and you you heard from Big Ben, from Chase Claypool and others, how he would come into the locker room with a smile on his face, how he was always upbeat, jovial, uh, positive, and learning from others. And I and I, I was hoping, and I believe it was the case, that he was turned the corner as a professional athlete, that he realized the responsibilities that he has at that time as a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers and whatever role he was going to be with Mr. Bisky. And it's just such a tough, tough thing to accept. And speaking to some guys who play at the Ohio State University, uh, they're hurt, man. They're heartbroken in, in Columbus right now. And this is going to sting for a while because they looked at Dwayne Haskins as a kid, and we saw that video when he was an 11-year-old, that he wanted to go to the Ohio State and be a student athlete there, and he did achieve that. And it's heartbreaking because he had so much life ahead of him, and, and now that won't be realized. And reading up on these articles about him, you may it makes you appreciate how we all are, Andrew, as humans. To we have to appreciate every second that we're given on this earth because you just never know when it can be taken away from you. And I'm just praying for him and his family and all of his friends and teammates, um, college and pro, 
that they can reminisce on the good times that they had with Dwayne Haskins and laugh once this is going to, you know, lessen the sting, right, of the mourning process, that they can enjoy the stories that they had and appreciate who he was as a human being on this earth. Amen to that, brother. Uh, you know, just in one thing, and you don't need to touch on this, but you know, an interesting report I saw just before we came on the air from Pro Football Talk about Haskins' former team. You, I've always wondered how do it, Daniel Snyder's been able to skate on all the things that have been alleged um, that people believe that have taken place with that football team. The U.S. House Oversight and Reform Committee is indeed exploring potential financial improprieties within the Washington organization. The committee now wants a federal agency to get involved. According to the Washington Post, the committee sent a 20-page letter to the Federal Trade Commission regarding allegations that the team may have withheld as much as $5 million in refundable yeah. deposits from season ticket holders. And that the other NFL owners will be like, whatever to that. What will really make them pissed is that um, he's allegedly been hiding cash that was to be shared for all, by all NFL franchises. So maybe this will finally be uh, the final thing that actually gets Dan Snyder out of that spot in Washington. Lynn Reimer asked, geez, can we talk with Mo CFL and Jays just to completely handle everything in the <laughs> CFL? We'll hold off on the CFL yeah, yeah. because we will be getting into some of those conversations very soon, closer to the season. But right. just before we go, what an opening weekend for the Jays and a big win last night against the Yankees. This team is going to be a heck of a lot of fun to watch for the full 162 and hopefully a nice playoff run. Well, the, the pitching is going to be the biggest concern, right? That's going to be the biggest question mark about this team. I mean, look look at game one against Texas. They're down by X amount of runs. They come back and blast home runs galore. Seven right? zips, still covered the it, run line. Exactly. The <laughs> line was covered. But but that's going to be the question, right? And, and I think for for this Blue Jays organization, and, and I know it's a bit unorthodox because we started the season late and now there'll be doubleheaders and whatnot. As we get closer towards the summertime, or late May to early June, are they going to buy into the theory that they are contenders to go out and get some pitching? Because, Andrew, we know very well that you can hit as many home runs from April till end of September. But once October baseball comes around, it's pitching that wins you that World Series. So how will they look at this window now with this young core? Because, look, Vlad is going to get a big deal. BGO is going to get a big deal. All these young guys who are on, 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 young, on cheaper contracts right now We'll get a bigger salary. Will the Rogers family fork over the dollar bills here to say we're all in? Because you look at the Dodgers, you look at these bigger money teams here. They've spent money to, to justify why they want to win the World Series. Will the Jays do the exact same thing when we get to the July 31st deadline that they're all in to perhaps make a deep playoff run and win themselves a World Series for the first time in over 25 years or 30 years, whatever it might be now. Well, get a chance to see Kikuchi with his first start, the uh, Japanese free agent that came over on a three-year deal. He'll be on the bump tonight as they uh, look to take the first two against the New York Yankees. Mo, fill people in. Uh, what, what are you doing? You're doing a bunch of play-by-play -play right now, uh, doing a lot of calls on yeah, the weekend? Uh, I'm, I'm just, I've lost track of dates here, Andrew. Like We're already mid-April. I'm, I'm fasting for Ramadan, right? So it's been all over the place for me the last uh, two weeks. Yeah, a, a lot of play-by-play. -play. Thank you, Andrew, for, for mentioning that. A lot of play-by-play -play at the university and, and CCAA level of Canada. Uh, a little bit of a break right now. Uh, so we get now get more into gear with the CFL coming up. And some news will come up for me in the next couple of weeks with, with what I'll do with, with the CFL coverage as well. So a lot of moving Ooh. parts right now. But I, I'm busy, man. I'm very blessed. I'm lucky to come on with you and the guys here. And just enjoying life, man. That's all we can do right now moving towards the summer months. And 
unfortunate for us, we're not getting a blizzard here in Montreal in the next couple of days. Dude, I know, I know. I mean, like you turn your weather app, you put your weather app on, the first thing it comes in, potential blizzard of the century coming. I mean, we're uh we're on high alert right now for a few days at least it's not it's not like we haven't had snow before but it sounds like this is going to be different than anything we've had in a number of years around here listen pal this is such a great conversation thanks as always i'm very excited to hear what you've got cooking up for cfl season in a couple weeks i know it'll be good for uh, all parties involved so we'll look forward to talking about that training camps and much more very very soon in the meantime be well and we'll talk to you uh hopefully next week Likewise, man, and have a, be safe out there, and happy Easter to you and the families as well out there in Winnipeg. Thanks so much. There he is, our guy, MoCon. You can follow him on Twitter at MoCon19, our great friend from TSN 690 in Montreal. <clears throat> All right, a big thanks to our friends at Princess Auto. Of course, the World Curling Championships is done, but curling season isn't over. Princess Auto, the sponsor of the final season players championship on the world curling tour and what's going to be interesting about that is that will be the final tournament and bond spiel for so many of the top teams before they split up and get together with their new squads of course princess auto proud sponsor of the roaring game and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at princess auto visit them at one of two winnipeg locations or shop online 24 7 365 at princessauto.com uh well no game tomorrow, so that means no pre and post at Boston Pizza City Place. Might be able to go out, maybe get some Boston wings and pizzas tonight. As we said, not too sure what delivery is going to be like the next couple days. You can always order online, though, at bostonpizza.com. Make sure to check out those game day deals. And as soon as the snow is gone, we'll be back at BP gathering with friends, having a great time, and maybe having a couple ice-cold schooners as well. There's been a lot of talk about blizzards lately. There's always talk about blizzards on this show, and that's because of the great support of the Nick and Nikki DQ group. Yes, when we mention blizzard right now, it's probably what's happened outside, but I far prefer the Nick and Nikki DQ blizzard as opposed to uh, what Mother Nature has in store for us. Uh, get on out to any of the four locations, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. You can have a, the good kind of blizzard there and make sure to check out the amazing new stack burgers that everyone's talking about. Six new burgers available at your local Nick and Nikki DQ. And hey, a little bit later on today, we'll be hooking up with uh, James, getting some more prizing for our friends, courtesy of Canadian Club. Fingers crossed that might include the new CC and Ginger, which is available everywhere right now in and around the province both at liquor stores and at beer stores um there's a lot going on right now in the month though uh air miles bonus this week on the cc and ginger six pack so you can pick that up at your manitoba liquor marts for the easter max miles special on cc and ginger large bottles of canadian club the 1750s are on sale all month and in 26 of the liquor marts, when you buy CC, make sure to get your free can of CC and ginger, which is going to be the cocktail of the summer. I do believe we'll be getting to again Manitoba Liquor Marts and Friday Friday show. Geez, Remus, now that I think about it, today is Tuesday. Good Friday. We will not be doing a show. We'll probably be spending all day digging out like the rest of the city. 
So we may have to do a Blizzard Thursday edition of the Marble Race, I think, uh, ending off the short week. What do you think? Yeah, I guess it, it will be tomorrow. There's no, yeah, we're not doing a show uh, Friday. Wait, tomorrow's Friday. Wednesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, we'll do the, the thing that we were just talking about. The Marble Excellent. Race. So for those of you that uh, want to get your hands on one of those exclusive Winnipeg Sports Talk CC hoodies for the winners, uh, and potentially, I won't promise it for sure, but maybe even a secondary prize of some CC and ginger. Make sure to join us on Thursday's program. Well, frankly, remember to join us on mm -hmm. all of our programs live on YouTube every day. And by the way, make sure you hit that red subscribe button on YouTube if you have not done so already. Man, that was great with Mo. Honestly, I I've had such a great time talking to him over the years. He's been really kind with his time coming on with me. I've always done the same thing with them in Montreal. But as we've done this more, Remus, he has really become in a super elite group of guests. We've got our great local guys that come on all the time talking about the most important Winnipeg stories. But the minute we get outside the perimeter, I think Mo might be number one on the power pole to talk about anything and everything, which is something that I always love to do. Raptors, what, NFL, college, CFL. Soccer. Soccer. Habs. Even a bit of hockey, too. You can hit anything uh, with Mo, and he always gives an insightful opinion. So I'm curious to my ears perked up when he said he's got something going on with the CFL yes. because he's always very, uh, very mm. dialed in to uh, what's happening with the league. So, I'm, well, and you know what? The league itself, and I think this is part of what's happened in the industry. I think realizing that a lot of these stations, listen, I don't want to predict anything, but from uh, from our own experience, I think it's safe to say that they are in perilous situations and there's so many talented young people at these stations um our guy hernan salas in edmonton just left tsn 1260 and is the new communications guy for the uh, edmonton elks and for someone like mo that is so versatile can do so many things and is just an awesome guy i mean i think an organization or broadcaster would be very very smart in trying to get him on it so uh We'll see what exactly that is. And uh, no matter what it is, I'm confident and certainly hope that he's still got time to chop it up with us here on WST. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And who else? Uh, Joey Alfieri was with uh, TSN Radio Montreal. He's the the Owls uh, communication guy. And they're all putting out the, uh, I mean, I guess you got to put out your own content now because unfortunately, a lot of media organizations have been downsizing over the last couple of years. Uh, there you go. Yeah, if you fire everybody, you have no one to go to practice, no one to do any reports are, and then teams yeah. realizing, well, people still want this information, and uh, yeah, we better get to it. And this is not anything new. We've seen Eddie Tate go over and do the incredible work he's doing here in Winnipeg with the Bombers from the Winnipeg Free Press. But um, just specifically within that sports radio market here in Canada with all the changes that have happening, a lot of talented young guys going elsewhere, and we'll see what's next for our guy Mo. But he'll always have a spot here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, before we get to the end of the program, Remo, let's yeah. get to... Uh, Here, I actually have some uh, news before we get to the Lions hut. Some more breaking news. Uh, the Moose game. Uh, I saw Schickster writing in chat that he actually was on it first. Uh, credit to Schickster. Schickster's the insider. He's, He's the insider for sure when it comes to that. Yeah, he said that his trip was scheduled every change from Friday to <laughs> Sunday. And then Fink texted me, the Moose put out the tweet. They have rescheduled the game. And we actually have uh, some celebrity death news. Has. Oh, no. And this one, this one rattled. Um, Gilbert Gottfried announced on his Twitter, or 
his family announced on, on Twitter. Uh, here, I'll throw it up here. I'm I'm rattled about this one. Gilbert you know, Gottfried, no. Yes. Uh, here we go. We are heartbroken to announce the passing of our beloved Gilbert Gottfried after a long illness. In addition to being the most iconic voice in comedy, Gilbert was a wonderful husband, uh, brother, friend, and father to his two young children. Although today is a sad day for all of us, please keep laughing as loud as possible in Gilbert's honor. Love the Gottfried family. And you know, I saw someone replied to this tweet with a picture of him, Bob Saget, and um, Norm Macdonald, and I, my heart just broke um, seeing that very, very Matt, sad, legendary comedian. That's all, like, in the last six months. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, you might know him, I think his most mainstream role was the voice of, what, the parrot in Aladdin, I believe. He's the Affleck, Never seen it, Affleck no clue. Duck. But uh, I think his most legendary moment, I retweeted it, was, uh, after 9-11, he was at the Hugh Hefner roast, and he broke into an aristocrat's joke, which I think people were very hesitant to laugh that soon after 9-11, and he was making all these off-color jokes and uh, really uh, lightened the room, and that was his legendary moment. Also was on uh, SNL after they fired everyone in, I think, 1985. Long, long career, Gilbert Garfield, legendary comedian. Been on uh, some great appearances on the Howard Stern Show as well. I mean, long, I mean... I, when they say most iconic voice, I mean, you know that voice oh, anywhere. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And, you know, was in so many different roles and different skits and movies. That, to be honest, the movie that stands out for me in Gilbert Gottfried's long yeah. career was the, uh, the Problem Child that's, series. That's what everyone's writing in chat, yeah. Problem Child 2. Yeah. was one of the most over-the-top comedy. I mean, that <laughs> that kid was badass. If you haven't seen it, you want a very devious, dark comedy, may I suggest Problem Child 2. Not sure whether I saw Problem Child 3, uh, but he was also a luggage clerk in House Party 3. Love the House Party series. <laughs> Popped into, he was in Double Dragon. I did not see that They made one that into all. a movie? Apparently, apparently good, they did. These are sort game. of more earlier in the in the nineties. Yeah. Um, and then I think did get into, as you mentioned, some animated stuff, some more comedy, uh, um, uh, cartoon type yeah. uh, animations, and some kids movies as well. Because as you mentioned, that voice was just so unique. Um, probably one of the most perfectly fitted guys to do comic comedic roles by a voice actor. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of comments that you had great in all the celebrity roasts. And there wasn't there, uh, Jeff Cabellas is referencing, uh, he was on Cameo and someone bought a, like a Cameo of him reading some NHL thing like a couple of years ago. Oh, that was the best. That was the best. Wasn't it the, an NHL player safety report? I think so. I think he had to report that somebody was suspended for something like that and somebody oh, paid oh, him on Cameo. He read. He read Brady Kachuk's comments about Brendan Lemieux. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Well, anyways, that's brutal. I mean, we mentioned Norm. Uh, of yeah. course, Bob Saget, another loss. And um, man, Gilbert Gottfried, gone way too soon and uh, still a relatively young man. Uh, very, very sad news today in the, uh, in the celebrity death front here yeah. on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Huge game, huge night tonight in the National Hockey League. If you're looking to make a few uh, sprinkles on Kubat today, Remo. 
14 games, making up for the fact that the only game last night was the Jets and Canadians for a nationally televised audience between two teams uh, basically playing for next year. Well, they were hoping that was Mike Mark Shifley's return. So, you know, when you put it that way, I actually don't blame them for wanting to feature that game. I mean, if Mark Shifley was in the game, it would have been booing him the entire time. Now, I think Shifley served his time and, you know, done. He served an appropriate. They swept the Jets in the playoffs. I mean, I don't know if there's any greater revenge than what happened to Winnipeg after Shife went out of the series. Yeah. So, well, anyways, a lot of games tonight. Uh, Could have a big Easter Conference game. Could Andrew Kopp continue his hot streak for the Rangers against Carolina? And then I know there are a couple teams looking to clinch uh, their playoff spots tonight. Uh, Three of them. It is. Hold on, I had them. Lightning, Penguins, and Bruins. But I mean, the East has basically been locked up for months here. Oh, uh, it was it was locked up at Christmas? Yeah, it's just like, what's the seating gonna be? But yeah, we know who's we know who's gonna be. It is no surprises. Hey, I asked Dusty this question today in the lock shop. And by the way, I'll plug the lock shop. We did it just before Winnipeg Sports Talk. Head on over to my Twitter if you want to watch the video or. Do us a favor, wherever you're getting your podcast, just put in Lockshop, give us a sub. And you can also follow us on Twitter at LockshopBets. Um, Florida's at 108. The Leafs are now 100, and they have locked in on the playoffs. Assuming the Leafs hold on to second, if you're from a Leafs perspective, who would you rather play in the first round? The two-time defending champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, or your nemesis, the Boston Bruins? Oh man, who like, would you rather play? Yeah, like, I think I, mean, I, don't even I think know Tampa. Right... I think Tampa because they can be beat. Columbus beat them, and aren't they kind of? They're that was the happy. last time they lost in the playoffs. That yeah. was three years. That was before the pandemic. They're kind of sputtering here. They Vasilevsky is not playing as well. They've gone on a couple losing streaks. People in Tampa, they're they're freaking out. Us. They lost uh, four in a row. They won their last game. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I picked them to beat Dallas tonight in uh, on the money line. It was I, minus 141 earlier today, minus 149 right now. I think Boston is probably the more beatable team, but like they're like the boogeyman for the lot of this baggage. Point. Lot a lot of baggage. I don't think you want to be answering questions about losing. I know it was probably a lot of different players from the first one, uh, you know, 2012 or whatever it was, but. I don't think you. I don't think you want that. I don't think you want that. You, I think you want Tampa. I think you can. I think you want Tampa. Beware not, what you're asking for. I'm not sure that there's any Leafs fans in the chat, but if there is, waiters, I would be very interesting. If you waiters, waiters, he, waiters wants Boston. He wants Boston. I don't know. Listen, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's going to be a very, very tough yeah. series on that either side. That's a, and, yeah. And speaking of cool bet, I mean, I'd imagine those series will be close to a pick em. If it's Tampa, I think Tampa is a slight favorite just because they're the two-time defending cup champs. Uh, and if it is Toronto and Boston with the Leafs as having home ice in game seven, maybe the Leafs are a slight favorite. Bottom line is it's all there at Cool Bet. There's 14 games to get to tonight. Uh, what were the games that uh, I had on my Here, ticket? I'll- I like the... Tampa Lightning. Sorry, go ahead, Reed. I know Chris Abbott is on uh, Buffalo. Owen Power making his debut tonight. They're plus 340 underdog against Toronto. And we know Toronto has had trouble with Buffalo this season. Well, Chris and I were both. I've sort of been tailing Chris. I think he's going to be paying for his next five trips to Vegas with all of his Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner props that have seemingly hit every game for the last month. 
And uh, and yeah, we were on them on the money line in that uh, in that outdoor game at about three to one, and they won. So yeah, maybe a nice little angle tonight to get in on it. Leafs are minus four thirty five favorites at home <laughs> yeah. to beat the Buffalo Sabers. Um, but yeah, Tampa tonight. I like Calgary minus one and a half in that game this evening. And uh, I'm going to take the Islanders at home against Pittsburgh. One thing we didn't mention, Remo, uh, getting Malkin suspended four games for a cross-check on Mark Borowiecki of the Nashville Predators. Uh, so the Penguins are going to be without 71 for the next week plus heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, you know, maybe that's a, that's a good thing. You know, they know that they're in, you know, four games, you know, play the last couple, get ramped up for the playoffs. I don't know. I don't think anyone's losing. I mean, disappointing, but what? He's still able to play in the playoffs. Like, who cares at this point? They're going to clinch immediately. Well, I care tonight, and that's why we're on the Islanders as a home yeah. dog tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins picking a spot. Uh, the other thing we talked about, uh, I did wear the green jacket today on the lock shop. There was a bit of a victory lap for Scotty Scheffler and the Masters pick. We did get into our picks for the RBC Heritage. Those odds are up as well right now at CoolBet, and uh, make sure to check out the lock shop. And if you haven't played a CoolBet before, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $200. So, uh, Remo, uh, is it TSN tonight or TWN, the weather network, as uh, this uh, this big storm uh, hones in on us? Oh, no. Um, do they have, like, people outside reporting? Are we at that stage yet? I'm actually playing hockey tonight. So I'm hoping that it st- comes after. So I'm, play- I'm, not watch- I'm watching my own game tonight. So. But I'll come okay. home and catch the baseball and the late games. The Blue Jays, big win yesterday. Uh, Alec Manoa, nice performance beautiful, from him. Beautiful game by Manoa. Hit the over on the strikeouts. Big win on the money line as an underdog oh. against the Yankees. <laughs> Whoa. I was... All, all over that yesterday, and, uh, and we're back. It's Kikuchi with his first start for the Jays. Very excited to see what he looks like. I believe the, uh, the Japanese lefty came in on a three-year deal, $12 million a season. We we'll certainly hope that he can be. He pitches fast, too. I think he hits like 96, 97. That's a nice off-speed pitch, so uh, certainly sounds good. And Oh, just quickly, another bit from Weather Logics, one of my favorite follows. The be- there's a chance of thunder snow in southeastern Manitoba, according to Scott Keller. Uh, they got a neat live discussion mm-hmm. on it right now. And just looking at this right now, the line is just about getting to Grand Forks right now. You can see incredibly heavy snow in the middle of North Dakota, and it is just about to barrel down on us here in southern Manitoba. So the next couple days are going to be wild. We will do shows power providing. I don't know. Do you have a propane generator to crank up the WSTHQ Remus? If, uh, if there's no power tomorrow, I don't have anything. I don't have, I don't, I don't know. So hopefully I got to get like a, my dad's been bugging me to get a UPS or something in case it gets power goes out. I think I'll be okay, but I don't know. Well, we hope so. Tell you what, Follow us on Instagram at Sports Talk WPG, Emery Miss Hustlerama. If for some reason there's no power tomorrow when we're doing the shows, we'll uh, know, we'll do an Instagram live or something we'll, like that, providing our phones are still charged. We'll figure um, we'll figure something out. Yeah. I'm confident that we will come through for all of you. Won't be a game day tomorrow. We mm. will have Murata Tesh on the show. Um 
and much, much more. Maybe, as I said, I'd love to get a weather guest too, because let's face it, that's what everyone is going to be talking about about tomorrow. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll watch the Jays tonight. We'll bundle up, get what you need now, folks. As I mentioned, Tucks, uh, Safeway at Polo Park in Madison Square, nowhere near as busy as the other ones. If you do need to go and get stuff, although there's no Diet Pepsi anymore. So, you know, govern yourselves accordingly. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think it's time for a few uh, quick last minute duties and then hunker down for a couple of days and we'll see what happens. Um, no matter what, be safe, folks. Stay off the highways if you can. And um, once things really get going, um, don't uh, don't get out there and do anything dumb. We'll be uh, we'll be back to normal in a few days. And again, Moose game moved from Friday until Sunday. So it's now Saturday and Sunday as opposed to Friday and Saturday. More information on that over at moosehockey.com. If you tuned in late, Jets game canceled tomorrow against the Kraken. Not canceled, moved to the 1st of May. Now that I think about it, Reem, last year in the playoffs, when it was in the butt, like when there was no fans, Jets played the uh, the Oilers. Mm -hmm. On the first day of the playoffs, this sort of reminds me of last year. Remember Calgary and Ottawa were playing those games to finish up their 56-game season schedule on the same day that the actual Stanley Cup playoffs started? I think it might have been Calgary-Vancouver at the end of last year. I'm not... Not I thought sure. it was Calgary, Ottawa, but regardless, uh, either, it was one way. of those three teams. It was Calgary and someone else that wasn't going to the playoffs, mm. and they had to play those games. And they literally did it on the afternoon of the start oh. of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Wow. So uh, May one, for those of you that had tickets to the Kraken game, that'll be the final game of the regular season. And the good thing is, I'll be back just in time for that. Although I do believe they announced that it's an afternoon game. Mm -hmm. um so i don't know well maybe have half an hour to turn it around yeah you know it's i was thinking about this usually on the last home game of the year it's fan appreciation day and they have some good sales on equipment i've bought some like game used socks um before you know to play with if you bought tickets to the calgary game thinking okay last game of the year um you're gonna get in some fan appreciation deals i wonder if, if it's gonna be moved now to the may Dude, i may think one it's game. gonna be fan appreciation week if you know what I mean. Fan appreciation. Yeah. Like to I the mean, end it's of the year. Colorado, Philly, Calgary, and now Seattle with four final home games at the end of uh, a season that obviously no one thought would end the way that it is. But here we are right now. Um, yeah, I think the uh, the deals and the things for fans are going to really be cranked up um, in addition to all the work they're doing to try to get some more people on board, uh, supporting the team as season ticket members for the upcoming season. Uh, we'll hit it all tomorrow. Murata Tesh and more scheduled for the program. Uh, but bottom line tonight, folks, hunker down, take it easy, be safe wherever you are. And weather permitting, power permitting, we'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock p.m. here on WST. And don't forget, the Marble Race is Thursday this week because of Good Friday. Thanks again to all of our sponsors, including Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Vita Health, Princess Auto, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Canadian Club Whiskey, Cool Bet Canada, Breezy Bend Golf & Country Club, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, and Culligan Water. Huge thanks to Dan Fink, Mike McIntyre, Mo Khan, and all of you for making us a part of your day. Hunker down, folks. We'll see you tomorrow in the middle of the blizzard on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great night. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks.
for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.